everyone, Steven Jensen here. Doing this solo today, anyone watching, I would appreciate y'all. Let me know in the chat, because I'm going to rely on y'all today. Uh, I figured I'd come on because Beach Break was a, I thought it was a pretty good show, but there were some really big things that happened, and I wanted to jump on here kind of last minute and, uh, yeah, talk with y'all about it. And Jessie's in the chat, so thank you, Jessie. She just sent me a really, really cute picture of Savannah, so it's uh, it's been pretty cool getting these updates. Um, but yeah, let me know what y'all think. I'm going to wait here a second to see if there's anyone, uh, that it, if there's anything that anyone wants me to talk about outside of Breach Break, just let me know. If y'all have the Super Chats, obviously that's, uh, you know, super, you know, appreciated and all that stuff. I'm just kind of making sure everything is good on the stream right now and, uh, making sure we're set up correctly and then I'll, uh, I'll kind of start talking about the show. So I'll, uh, give y'all just a second here and... All right. Well, as far as Beach Break went, there was definitely some hits and definitely some misses, in my opinion. Well, let me close this window real quick. All right. Jesse says, wedding sucked, but Orange Cassidy always gets a pop. Yeah, I totally agree. I thought the wedding was really weak. I was getting, like, text messages from friends who were watching it that were like literally just weak you know just like that's all it said and uh yeah i mean i thought it was pretty obvious he was going to be in the cake because like the cake was sitting on this like gigantic thing and when they did the the big present it was like okay that's the red herring that's what it was but you know even though i saw it coming like at least like at least it at least they got married before all that happened, if that makes sense. Because usually in these kind of weddings, they just don't get married. You know, it's like something happens before they actually wind up getting married and all that stuff. So in this one, they, you know, at least they got married and then all the other stuff happened. So I guess in that sense, it was a little different than what I'm used to, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I've been talking about it for a while. I just think Miro is super cringe. I just don't, just not for me. And this isn't making it any better. Like, I, I mean, eventually they'll do um, these tag matches and stuff. But even then, like, you know, I love Chuck Taylor, love Orange Cassidy, love Trent. Um, but I'm still really lukewarm on Miro and Kip Sabian. JGZ, welcome back to the chat, dude. Uh, he says, AEW is killing you right now with the crossover partnerships. Absolutely. I, I'm going to definitely talk about that during this show because... Um, Especially at the end of the show. I mean, there, there's so many possibilities. And that's another another thing I've been talking about quite a bit on this show is like... And a lot of people kind of like... Not a lot, but there's some people that jump in the in the comments and they argue about it a little bit. Where they're like, you know... Like, for instance, when I talked about Ibushi winning the IWGP Championship. And I said, like, it wasn't because that Kenny Omega had recently won the AEW Championship or vice versa. But I could totally see a scenario sometime within this year where Kenta or sorry where uh Abushi and Omega go one on one if they're both still the champions and like that story is already built in and ready to go and there's people who thought it was crazy they're like oh there's no way New Japan's going to you know do any of that and it's like well you know there's some sort of partnership obviously if John Moxley's allowed to go over there and if Chris Jericho's allowed to go over there and all that stuff and 
I get that they could have signed that into their deals when they signed with AEW because they were already doing stuff with New Japan. But then, like, why didn't anyone else? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it wouldn't be completely out of the realm of possibility for a lot of other people to have done the same exact thing, you know? So it's good to see... Um, it's good to see kind of this really starting because I felt I, I've been saying this for a while. I felt like Impact was just the start of it. I felt like New Japan would get involved, and I think Ring of Honor is going to get involved. I really do. The, if you look at what Ring of Honor is doing right now, they're really building up the foundation stable. They're building up. Um, uh, oh gosh, why is the name uh, escaping me? Taylor, Shane Taylor. Uh, they're building him up a lot for good reason. Like all these guys are really good. Um, you know, Roosh has been a pretty good ROH champion, although I think the pure stuff is kind of overshadowed it lately. But the point is, I think that Ring of Honor will get involved at some point because I could totally see Shane Taylor, Jonathan Gresham, you know, Tracy Williams, Jay Lethal, those kind of guys like get involved. Why not? I mean, they're all great wrestlers. Roosh, I could definitely see getting involved. Like, once again, why not? You know? Um, so I'm really, really, really excited for the, uh, the potential here. And it looks like obviously new Japan's involved to some degree. There's, there's no way Kenta just came over on his own. You know what I mean? Um, JGZ says, Oh, Jesse said first, Jesse asked, did they legit get married or was that BS? I'd imagine that was BS. I doubt you really want your actual wedding to be that, but I mean, I don't know if the sinister minister, uh, James Mitchell I don't know if he's an actual minister. Maybe he actually is, and maybe that was legit. I doubt it, but, I mean, the fact that, that we're even questioning it, uh, questioning it is actually a, a pretty good sign that they did something right. Something right in that whole segment. Um, JGZ says, I totally agree. Mira has been ultra cringe. All right, yeah, you're right there with me, man. Uh, it says, being called an AEW mark should be considered a compliment now, LOL. I take it as a compliment. I, I am not quiet about my bias towards AEW. I, I think they put on a, in general, they put on great shows. They have talent that I care about stories that make sense, long-term storytelling. Like I love it. And then of course, you know, I'm a huge mark for Cody and I, I love the young bucks and Kenny and everything that they're doing. Hangman. I mean, I think it's just really, really well done for, I mean, they're going to miss every now and then, but you know, if they're hitting, you know, 90 95% of it out of the park. If they're only screwing up 10 to 5 10%, I'll take that all day versus trying to watch WWE Raw and sitting there when they're you know, they're hitting 10% and the rest of the 90% of it is just like unwatchable for for me. I, if you like it that's totally fine. I'm, I it's totally fine to be a fan, but you know, not for me. And I, that's why I'm so another reason I'm so happy AEW exists because otherwise my interest in wrestling would be way less. And Another thing about AEW is, you know, like half, it, probably over half of their roster were indie guys that I was a fan of before AEW existed. And then they basically started their own giant super indie promotion, but you get to watch it on TNT on Wednesdays. Like, it's it's awesome. Uh, JGZ says, I think Tony Khan said something about Moxley going to Japan uh, during his paid ad during, oh yeah, I, I think you're right. I watched that. I watched Impact on uh, live on Twitch on the uh, Fightful Gaming channel. So definitely subscribe over there. I think we're gonna we're gonna do more of those watch alongs. We've done in the last two weeks. Um, I just can't remember the full promo because like when we're sitting there hanging out, like me, Joel, and Jeremy are kind of shooting the shit. So like you know we miss things here and there. But I'll get a more thorough watch before I review it for the weekender on Sunday. But uh. 
But I think he did mention Moxley going over to New Japan again. So, and I, I could totally see it. I mean, Moxley was just there, you know, a few weeks ago, attacked Kenta. So, like, this all, the possibilities are endless. It's awesome. Just like Jesse said, the possibilities are endless and the potential matchups bring a new level of excitement. I completely agree. Like, it's it's wild how in one year of this company existing, they were able to make these things happen. And honestly, I think some of these things would have happened faster if uh, the pandemic wouldn't have happened. Because I've said that before on this show too, where I'm not like a big conspiracy theorist, but there were certain people signing in certain companies that just made no sense to me when it was happening. Because it was like, why did they sign there when it would have made way more sense to go here? And and I know that like money's going to talk and certain people are going to sign certain places because the money's better. And I have no problem with that at all. But there were certain signings over the last probably year, year and a half that I was really confused, like why they signed where they signed. But kind of the caveat was unless they do a giant storyline and all these companies are actually going to be working together. And that's what it feels like. I can't talk for like to like the contractual status of of anything or anybody, you know, like I'm not going to sit here and say like New Japan and Ring of Honor and Impact Wrestling and AEW, they all have this deal and that deal and this person can go that way. Like, I don't know all that. But what I do see on television is Impact and AEW getting heavily involved with one another. New Japan's clearly getting in the mix. And I don't know why you would just stop there when there's other companies with a lot of talent that could also get involved and it would help imagine how much it would help ring of honor right now if anyone any big star from AEW popped up on ring of honor or vice versa i mean if like if jonathan gresham popped up on AEW, that'd probably be the first time a lot of people saw jonathan gresham and if they saw him wrestle i mean you get all those eyes on someone like that he's gonna his fan base is gonna skyrocket more people are gonna tune into ring of honor to see more of his stuff i mean it just helps everybody I mean, I think it's all a no-brainer. And I, I love seeing that these things look like they're actually happening. Um, Jesse says, or sorry, sorry, I'm trying to get every chat today. I mean, also, of course, Super Chats donations. The link is in the description for the donations. I will I'll sidetrack and talk about whatever y'all want me to talk about. And me and Jesse still split those, by the way. So you're still helping out her and her family if you're sending Super Chats my way during the show. Um, JGG says, I was a longtime WWE fan. While I love NXT, AEW has me 1,000% invested. I feel the same way. Um, I love NXT. NXT is definitely my favorite WWE brand. But them running head-to-head with AEW hurts both shows. And I think it really hurts NXT. And, you know, and I, I get it. You know, NXT was running on Wednesdays before AEW existed. AEW is the one who decided to counter-program NXT to begin with. But then when NXT re-counter-programmed it by going two hours live head-to-head with the exact time that AEW was going to be going, that's when they screwed themselves, I think. Because AEW, more often than not, there's been a couple weeks that NXT's won, but for the most part, for the last year, AEW gets more viewers. And if NXT was on any other day of the week, specifically Mondays, like if NXT just replaced Raw... I would watch and on top of that like even if it was on a Tuesday or a Thursday whatever more people are going to watch NXT when it isn't going head-to-head with AEW and in turn and this is where a lot of people I've been wanting to talk about this a lot of people 
look at AEW's ratings, which, by the way, it's really hard to look at that for any show right now because not many people actually have Nielsen boxes anymore, and, and there's all the digital watches and, and streaming and all that stuff. So it's really hard to really compare it to, like, the 90s to begin with. But I see some people sometimes that are like, well, I mean, Impact Wrestling, you know, TNA, back in the day on Spike TV, they were doing, you know, 1.5 million or whatever, and, and AEW is doing, you know, 800,000 or whatever the number is. And to that I say, well, you know, TNA wasn't running against any other wrestling at the time. And they were coming, they were also always blocked with UFC. Like as far as like it'd be UFC, like the Ultimate Fighter, and then Impact Wrestling. Or vice versa, it'd be TNA, and then like people would tune in at the end of TNA to watch the next UFC show. So... They were getting help from Spike. They were being heavily promoted by Spike. And there wasn't another wrestling show on at the same exact time to split the viewership. If We saw what happened when, when TNA ran against Monday Night Raw. That lasted, what, like a couple months? And all it took Raw was they had Bret Hart come back and hug Shawn Michaels. And like that was the end of that Monday Night War. First episode. So, uh, throwback. I saw you in the chat. I missed your chat, though. Let me see what you said here. Uh, says, what's good, guys? Oh, geez, I don't want to show you all that. Sorry. Sorry, Jesse. I did not mean, I did not mean to pull up our YouTube analytics right there on the screen. Um, sorry, I'm going to have to move over here to get throwbacks question on my other screen here. Um, says, what's good, guys? Thank you for making my workday better. It's very slow, and having you here, Stephen, makes it... Oh, man, thank you. I'm glad that I made your, uh, your day better, man. Thank you so much. Um... Jay-Z says, when the pandemic ends, uh, you take advantage of this. Red Samurai Ninja says, hello, Steven. Um, I'm trying to see what you're trying to say, Red Samurai Ninja. I saw you, you deleted some comments there. Um, but I'm happy to read these. It's just, and you keep, keep sending them. It's just, I have to pull up the chat on another screen so that you don't see uh, the back end of, me, <laughs> of the YouTube channel. Um uh, throwback says, I wouldn't be shocked if NXT moves to Thursdays because it would make perfect sense with the new deal. I agree. I totally agree with that. I, that's exactly what I would do. Honestly, what I would do is I'd move it to Mondays, but like that's unrealistic. And that's a, a selfish decision on my end because I like to watch wrestling on Mondays still. I just don't like Raw. I just wish they'd put a better show on, on Mondays. JG says, NXT and SmackDown are better than Raw. AEW is becoming a force on its own. Totally agree. And I don't watch SmackDown, uh, but I do catch all of Roman's stuff afterwards. I find the clips and stuff because I am very invested and interested in the things Roman Reigns is doing. And for that matter, uh, you know, Jey Uso, Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, like they have a lot of really good talent on SmackDown. Um, and this is, is kind of strange, but so SmackDown, and I wouldn't consider this a counter-programming or even necessarily real competition, but for me, a lot of times... Um, I, a lot of times independent wrestling.tv will drop their new episodes of whatever uh, company has like, like they'll, they'll premiere a new IWTV show usually on Friday nights. So I prefer to watch that instead of SmackDown. That's just a personal choice. But from what I'm hearing in general, SmackDown is head and shoulders just like destroying raw as far as like how entertaining it is so i'm glad smackdown is doing well they have a lot of talent there and like i've said so many times roman reigns is like that is by far the best thing they have going for them in the wwe I, if i was them i would 
I would have Roman undefeated, like, at least for the next year. I know that sounds kind of extreme, but, like, I nobody should beat him for a while. Let's see. JGZ. Uh, that was nothing. Red Samurai Ninja. I'm a wrestling fan since I grew up with WWF and WCW. Same here, man. I was a WCW fan first because uh, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. So, uh, you know, that was WCW country. Uh, the wrestler that got me really invested was Randy Savage. So this was like, I really started watching it like regular in like 94. Uh, and I remember the first real storyline that like grabbed my attention I've talked about it before, but it's now known as one of the worst storylines ever. But as a, you know, six-year-old kid, it was amazing. It was Hulk Hogan versus the Dungeon of Doom that was led by the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan. And I started watching not too long before The Giant debuted. Because I vividly remember The Giant beating Hulk Hogan in his first match and winning the WCW Championship. And somewhere along that way, I started watching Randy Savage... And, of course, he was in the Slim Jim commercials and stuff like that. And Randy Savage is what, like, hooked me into wrestling. like that. So that's kind of how I got, like, my start in, in watching it. And at the time, I didn't realize, like, the Dungeon of Doom was a bunch of WWF castaways. I found that out later on by, you know, once I started watching WWF more, uh, specifically really more towards the Attitude Era. I started getting into WWF really heavy probably right around. It was, I'd say I started getting really invested in it. Not long before Shawn Michaels, actually, it was probably around the time DX, so probably around '96 or '97. Uh, but at that point in '96, the NWO happened in WCW, and I thought that was better than everything. So, you know, that's just a little uh, kind of insight into you know me starting out as a fan. Um, let's see, JG says I think NXT is going to Peacock too. Um, yeah, I have no idea. Probably, probably right because they're on. Uh, well, how's that going to work with Raw and SmackDown? I don't... That's a good... I really don't know how that Peacock deal is going to work. I'm optimistic for it because I think it's a lot more for your money. Like, you know, if you watch any of those NBC-owned shows, like The Office or something like that, uh, it's a lot more for that $10 a month you already spend. Or you can drop it down to $5 a month and just deal with ads, but that's a pretty good deal. Um, but I am a little bit concerned that they'll lose some of their content. And when, you know... For instance, this is just a hypothetical, but it wouldn't be surprising to me if they didn't put any Crispin Wall matches on Peacock. You know what I mean? The WWE Network has them. They just don't, like, advertise him at all. But, you know, he has his matches, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying I could see NBC being like, hey, we don't want any of this guy on our network. You know what I mean? And, and it wouldn't be just him. There are plenty of people that have done crazy things in the world of wrestling that they probably don't want on their streaming site. Uh, so I am interested a little bit to see what, if any of the, uh, if any of the content, uh, doesn't make it over to Peacock. Uh, Dylan's wrestling stuff says, Hey guys, what's up? Dylan, what's up, man? Sorry. Gotta move this on my, um, hope you're having a good day, Dylan. Y'all should check out his YouTube channel. Y'all Dylan's a big supporter of the show and, uh, he does reviews himself. So check those out over at Dylan's wrestling stuff. You can see his, uh, his YouTube right here in the comments. Red Samurai Ninja says, I've been in Atlanta, Georgia uh, four years ago. Very cool. Atlanta's a good, a good spot. I mean, I'm, I'm back here now as well. I grew up around Atlanta. I lived in uh, mainly in Nashville, Tennessee for the last like decade or so, then moved back to Atlanta like right before the pandemic, which, you know, in one sense was great because I'm around friends and family. So like that's helped a ton, but 
it was also like bad timing because a big reason why I moved here was like to be around a lot of my buddies and a lot of my buddies are like, you know, they're either struggling because of COVID or they're, uh, they don't want to go out and do stuff, which is under like, and neither do I, it's just the timing sucked when I came back. Uh, basically I came back, I got to go to AEW Dynamite, which was in, uh, which was in Atlanta. Uh, the, the match where Cody Rhodes did the moonsault off the cage onto Wardlow. I was there at that show. That's pretty much the only thing I've done like since moving to Atlanta. Cause right after that is, is when it was like, things started getting shut down and everything started getting weird, you know, but I do like the city of Atlanta. Although I like the city of Nashville a lot better. Um, I really, really, I really love Nashville, Tennessee. It just, it made more sense on a personal level to come back home, uh, you know, and be around family and stuff. Cause I'd imagine my dad and stepmom will probably move. Like my dad's retired. My stepmom's getting close to being retired. They'll probably move away to like Phoenix or something where my grandma's at sometime, you know, in the next couple of years, I guess. So like, I really wanted to come back and spend time with them while they were still, you know, easy to easy to hang out with and get like you know you know i live close to them i'm about a half hour away from my parents so um jg says sting and macho man were my favorites growing up dude two great choices i still i still love sting even though the stuff with darby is a little cheesy i i love it jg says i think nhl is going to move to usa i have no idea i'm the last person in the world you should ask about uh the nhl all I know about them is, you know, if the Predators are going to be in the playoff hunt, I'll start paying attention. But aside from that, it is. I love going to hockey games live, but watching I, I, that goes for almost every sport. To be honest, I like watching NFL football on television, but outside of that, and and mixed martial arts, but. I really don't watch baseball, basketball, um, hockey, but I love to go to all that stuff live. Throwback says takeovers on NBC will bring back Saturday night's main event. It would be fun. Yeah, I'm dating myself. Oh, dude, I yeah, Saturday night's main event. Remember when they tried to bring that back in like 06 or whatever it was? That was uh that was interesting. <clears throat> uh Throwback says he'll be in Georgia in the fall. Hit me up, man. Going to Breeford and then after that, Tampa, Florida. Let me know, dude. I love to uh get in touch with you in person. Jesse says, my neck of the woods, throw it. Yep. Uh, it says, I'm doing a road trip in the fall. Three weeks, four states. Damn. Okay, well, that'll be fun. Was that MD? I guess that's Maryland. Maryland, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. I have a friend in Tampa. Hell yeah. I may go to... Uh, I may go to uh, Dallas for WrestleMania. I'm thinking about it. My buddy Doug is out that way, so I don't, I don't know if that was if Dallas was. I know it's not this WrestleMania, but is it ne- is it next WrestleMania they're doing Dallas, or maybe two after that? But I don't have any real like trips or anything planned for a while. Um. Well, well, that was awesome. About a half hour or so of talking to the chat here. Uh, let me talk a little bit about Beach Break. I'm going to go through the show a little bit and let me know in the comments what y'all thought about this show. And like always, Super Chats donations are super appreciated, and I will make sure to deep dive on any of that for you. If it's, you know, pro wrestling related, AEW, WWE, New Japan, Impact, whatever it is, uh, Independence, let me know. I'll talk about it. If you want me to talk about football, uh, Super Bowl predictions, anything like that, let me know. If you want uh, anything about mixed martial arts, I mean, really anything at all, let me know in the chat. If you send a Super Chat donation, I will... uh, 
give you your money's worth to the best of my ability. And also keep in mind that the money still is split between myself and Jesse. So you still are supporting her and her family if you're sending super chats uh, when I'm doing these solo shows. <clears throat> uh, throwback says Dallas is 2022. Okay, cool. So yeah, I mean, there's a good chance I go to that. I mean, I'm assuming things are, are, are more regular and more open and everything. I've never been to, I've never been to Texas. So I, I would really like to go, uh, go check that out, especially for wrestling and not even so much for WrestleMania. Like I'll go to WrestleMania, but I'm really going to be more interested in any indie events that are running around it. As long as the WWE doesn't like get all those shut down. Cause I've heard them trying to do that. Like the WWE tried to, I don't know if they were successful, but I know they tried to trademark the term, the collective. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like for, for those of you who don't know, the collective is basically WrestleMania weekend, uh, a bunch of independent shows, uh, companies all come together for like this massive, like it's like, it lasts a few days Includes like Joey Janela's Spring Break, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport, you know, all that kind of stuff. Sup usually has a show, Black Label Pro, Glory Pro, all that kind of stuff. A lot of the big indie promotions all run these shows. Ring of Honor used to do it. Uh, they probably still do. And they'd run all these shows pretty much in the same city that WrestleMania was taking place. And they called it The Collective. And then I heard last year WWE was trying to trademark the term The Collective. It's like, of course they were, <laughs> you know. Um... But as far as uh, as far as this show goes, first match we had was Chris Jericho winning the tag team battle royal. There was a ton of tag teams in this one. It came down to him and Darius Martin, which I like that they did this for the <clears throat> for the battle royal. Where you know sometimes in these tag team battle royals, not necessarily for AEW, but just in general, what they'll do is like if you get eliminated, your partner's also eliminated. And I hate that they didn't do that here, which I thought was awesome. And they didn't do it in Atlanta either, where I, I saw that live too on that same uh, Cody and Wardlow show. They did a tag team battle royal. And I like that they do that, especially because I think uh, Dante Martin, his partner, I think he was the first one eliminated from the match. So, you know, I thought that was pretty cool. It makes it really unpredictable when one team member might get eliminated first and the second one might win the entire thing for their team. I mean, I, I think it adds a lot to the things you can do there. So I like seeing Jericho win this one, him and MJF. It makes sense. Uh, my prediction was Uno and Grayson. And the reason I predicted that was because I figured they'd have the, the dark order on a bit more of a role uh, right now. And we haven't seen Uno and Grayson versus the Young Bucks in a while. The last time we saw it, I think, was back when the Dark Order was like a totally different thing, and they weren't, uh, <clears throat> and like they, people wanted them off TV at that point. But when they were the the Super Smash Bros on the Indies, uh, Uno and Grayson, Player One and Player Two at the time, uh, they had a lot of great matches in PWG with the Young Bucks. So I do want to see more of those two teams going at it. But Jericho and MJF makes a lot of sense. It gives them both more to do. Uh, they were teasing even more dissension within the inner circle during this match and afterwards backstage in the locker room with MJF basically wanting to talk with the rest of the inner circle while Jericho and Sammy weren't in the room, which I think is planting more and more seeds. When, when MJF started trying to get into the inner circle, one of the first things I said was I would love to see Jericho and Sammy turn babyface together. Like though, like I thought, I think Jericho is going to turn babyface regardless. Um, because I think Inner Circle will turn on him. 
But I think the only person who's going to stick with Jericho will be Sammy. And they've kind of teased that. So I, I, I'm i intrigued by the story. I like it. And I like Jericho getting the win in this match. I think I just think it makes a lot of sense. And I thought the finish was good too. The way that uh, Darius was springboarding to get back into the ring. And Jericho hit him with that Judas effect. Um, it looked pretty brutal. Really well done. So, uh, so yeah, I thought this match was really good. And side note, FTR wasn't a part of the match. I think they were like suspended or something from the match. I can't remember what the uh, the reasoning was, but we saw them during the show. They literally kidnapped Marco Stunt. I mean, so we'll see where that goes. That's pretty uh, pretty damn interesting. But uh, I'd imagine it's going to lead to another big Lucha um, uh, Jungle Express, Jurassic Express. Jeez, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus FTR. Um, maybe more of Marco in the ring. I'm not sure how they'll, how they'll handle that with the three of them and, and then the other two being on the other side. But I think if Jurassic Express gets a definitive win over FTR, they'll probably be the next tag team challenging the Young Bucks for the belts. That's kind of how I see it playing out. So we'll see, but a lot of good stuff. The tag team division is stacked in AEW right now. <clears throat> Let's see, you got some questions in the chat. Um, Red Samurai Ninja, not a question, but a statement, says Peyton Royce, Billy K, Charlotte Flair, and Nikki Cross are friends of mine. Well, that's really cool. They're all very talented. Uh, Throwback says, what's your thoughts on Edge being on all brands? It's interesting that people think Drew and Roman are the ones he is going to go after, but last night NXT might have gotten rated R. Uh, I, so I haven't, I haven't watched NXT yet. I've seen and heard things here and there like i'd love to see i'd love to see edge versus balor i just don't think that's where they're headed i don't think i just don't see them doing that i think it's going to be edge and roman i'm not saying that's the the best option but it's one of these things too where like the feel-good story ultimately is edge winning the title back that he never lost and that title belt doesn't exist anymore for, for what it's worth. He held the World Heavyweight Championship, and that belt hasn't been around for years. Um, but then again, I mean, the Universal title is very similar. Uh, the WWE title is, I mean, it, they, it was supposed to be on the same level as the World title. Let's just put it that way. And uh, I just don't see him, because it, it's kind of counterproductive to what NXT is supposed to be, to have Edge be the champion there. But... Like, personally speaking, what I think they should do is Edge versus McIntyre and have Edge beat him. That's what I would do. Um, Because I think Drew can kind of afford to lose that match, and Edge will look really good for beating him because Drew's been built up so well. And Drew could always win the title back later on down the road. What I don't want to see is Edge beating Roman Reigns. that, That, I think, would be a gigantic mistake. So if they do Edge and Roman, I think Roman should win. Um, I think the the feel-good story is Edge winning the title again. So I think they should do Edge versus uh, versus Drew. But hey, the actual the best actual match would probably be Edge versus Balor. I just don't think WWE would do it. Uh, Jesse says she's back. Welcome back, Jesse. Feel free to let me know in the chat what your thoughts on all this stuff is. I'll make sure to read it out. JGZ says, I think Edge versus Roman is where it's headed. That's what I'm saying. So do I. But once again, you know, like, I mean, they could always have Edge win one of the titles after WrestleMania, but like, it would mean a lot more to do it at WrestleMania, especially because 
Like, I was there in Atlanta at uh, his match with Del Rio at WrestleMania. Was it WrestleMania 27? Was that? Yeah, that had to have been it. When he he wrestled Del Rio in the opening match of the show, retained the title, and then, like, a week later, he had to retire. So he pretty much, for all intents and purposes, his last real big match before he, he recently came back last year was basically WrestleMania. Um, so it would be cool to see him win it back at WrestleMania, if that's what the story is going to be. Um, and at this point, I feel like that's the story they should do. And that's why I think him and Drew makes the most sense. But based on what I saw on Raw, unless they're trying to throw us off by doing like, maybe they do Sheamus and Drew McIntyre at Elimination Chamber or Fastlane. That's possible too. Because, you know, I, I, there's still there's still enough time before WrestleMania that we'll start seeing the cards uh, and pieces kind of fall into place. But... Based on what I saw on Monday, let's put it this way. Based on what I saw on Monday, my gut feeling is Edge versus Roman. But once again, he should not beat Roman. Um, JGZ says, I think it was 27. Yeah, it would have had to have been. I've been to a handful of WrestleManias, and 27 was definitely the one in Atlanta. And that had to have been the one where Edge and Del Rio wrestled. I was... Uh, it was considered a really, really bad WrestleMania, but I think there's been much worse since, so I think it's kind of saved because of that, I guess, a little bit. That was the one where The Miz and... Uh, the Miz retained the title against John Cena in the main event, and like it was because of The Rock and all that stuff. But one of my favorite parts about that show, Cody Rhodes beat Rey Mysterio one-on-one. I thought that was a really good match, and I was really happy to see Cody win that one. I'll never forget that. Moving on on Beach Break, we had Dr. Britt Baker defeating Thunder Rosa by referee stoppage. She put her in the, what does she call that? Oh, why am I? I'm blanking on the name of her move. I know it's not Drill Claw. I know that's the name of Brian Cage's move, but it like uh, it's the Manable Claw, but she's got you in a Rings of Saturn and puts you in the Manable Claw. Lockjaw, that's it. Uh, the Lockjaw. Um, and basically what happened in this one was it was a good back-and-forth match. I really enjoyed it. I think these are two of the, the best female talents the, that AEW has. And the finish was, it was good, like, in theory. Basically, um, Rebel removes one of the turnbuckle pads, and Thunder Rosa gets, you know, slung into it face-first by uh, Britt Baker. And the only downside to this at all is, like, because of where the camera was, you could tell that Thunder Rosa didn't hit that spot. Like, she hit the ropes, but, like, she didn't hit the exposed turnbuckle spot. But she did play it off well, and uh, I thought it was a smart move to have Britt Baker basically just put her in that locked jaw and have Thunder Rosa be out cold. Because that way, protects Thunder Rosa. She won by, you know, some, you know, some uh, fugaziness and... Uh, Britt Baker got the win, which, like, she needs more big wins. Like, she's probably the most popular female that the company has. Uh, she, I think, I think she's the most of a total package as far as, like, her promos, the way she carries herself, her character, her in-ring work, the interest that people have in her, um, her social media game, all that kind of stuff. I think she's probably the most interesting um, that, that AEW has. Um, and she, so she needs to be getting big wins, but she needs to be doing it in these kind of ma- manners over people like Thunder Rosa. Cause you got to keep Thunder Rosa up there as well. Um, cause as far as I'm concerned, it's basically, you know, you have Sheeta as the champion and then you have Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, like right there. And that's a good spot for all of them to be in because it'll be very believable. 
I, I think that Britt Baker is going to be the one to beat Cheetah for the title. That's what I think is going to eventually happen. Unless we get involvement from, from Impact Wrestling. Uh, for instance, I'm hearing stuff more and more lately. And this is like, I'm so happy to hear this. And I don't want to like misspeak. But I think that Jordan Grace to AEW could be a real possibility. I think her to WWE could be a real possibility also. Um, I don't know how much longer she's going to be in Impact. But whether she stays in Impact, and I'm just speculating here, but whether she stays in Impact or uh, signs with AEW or whatever, even if she goes to WWE, like she is a massive asset to any female division and just any division in general because she can have good intergender wrestling matches. I've seen her have plenty of really good matches against men. So, you know, in a company like Impact Wrestling, that's really important because they do intergender wrestling. Uh, AEW hasn't really touched it much yet, but I could see someone like Jordan Grace um, maybe being the one to kind of break that barrier at some point. Uh, so, you know, the, I think I think the AEW women's division is about to be in a much better spot, and it's getting there. You know, that, that's one of the biggest criticisms about AEW is the women's division, and I think that they're doing everything they can to make that better. And I, you know, having matches like this, I think is, is a giant step in the right direction. So I have, I have no problem with any of this stuff at all. I thought it was well done. Uh, JGG said, oh, sorry, I'm missing a few chats here. Uh, throwback says edge and NXT will help other talent get, uh, get up there. Priest cross, etc. He's taking the spot. Taker had, um, you can be like Cena, Jeff Hardy. Yeah. I mean, in theory, I get what you're saying, but you also got to keep in mind, like, Priest is going to be on Raw. Cross, I don't think it's going to be an NXT much longer. Um, I mean, Edge will Edge will help any any brand out. Like, I'm a big fan of his, and I think he can still definitely go. He just looks old, you know. That's all. That's the only difference between Edge now and Edge like ten years ago. He just looks a lot older physically, but he still moves around really well. And I mean, once again, like I have no, I would, I'd like to see Edge wrestle Balor and wrestle some of those guys in NXT. I just don't see, I mean, maybe he has some matches in NXT. I just don't think that that's where he'll like land full time. I just don't see that happening unless, I mean, maybe there's something there where he, you know, Beth Phoenix is a part of that. And maybe he wants to be with his wife more often and they could work something like that out. I, I mean, maybe, maybe that's a possibility. Um, JGZ says, I would prefer Grace goes to AEW. Well, so would I, uh, you know, as a, as an AEW fan, that's where I want to see Jordan Grace. Even if, once again, even if she's like signed with Impact Wrestling long term, I would, I would definitely use her as like one of the prime stars of Impact Wrestling that wrestles AEW women because we're going to be seeing a lot of crossover, obviously. And I'd, I'd say Deanna Perrazzo as well. Those are the two I always go back to when it comes to Impact Wrestling. I think Deanna Perrazzo and Jordan Grace get them in the mix with these women in AEW and everybody's going to get better. There's going to be more exposure because that's like, that's so huge. Like once again, let's say Jordan Grace shows up on AEW and she has like an awesome match or she like wins the title from Sheeta or something like something big, her first match on AEW. A lot of things just got accomplished. First off, you got um, your AEW women's division just got way better. And she's going to help make a lot of those women bigger stars just because she's going to have great matches with them. And then Impact Wrestling just won big too because a lot of people are going to see Jordan Grace for the first time. It's funny that I brought her up because, you know, her and Jonathan Gresham were together and he was the example I gave for AEW. That's kind of funny how that worked out. But 
with uh, with Jordan Grace, it's the same kind of concept. Like a lot of people see Jordan Grace for the first time, and then they tune into Impact Wrestling and be like, "Oh, she, she wrestles on this show every week. Like I want to see this." You know, I, it's it's such a win win for everybody. Um, let's see. JGZ says, unless Grace was to go to NXT, I would be scared shitless about how she would be booked on the main roster. Well, that's how I feel about everybody though. You know, to be fair, that wouldn't be just the thing with Jordan Grace. Um, I think Jordan Grace would have a lot better chance than, than most though over on WWE because, you know, as down as I am on WWE in general, like they do have, if you look at all of their brands together, they have the probably the best roster of women just like total if you look at raw smackdown nxt nxt uk so um i think jordan grace she'd be a smaller fish in a bigger pond but i think that the thing with her is she's unique enough that like i think she works anywhere and she can accomplish certain things that i think so jordan grace part of what makes her so good and and someone i'm so interested in is because she's very powerful She's like this, she's a strong woman, right? And it's very believable when she wins matches and the way that she does it and the way that she moves and, and, and she can do a little bit of everything, but like she's, she's, she's physically impressive. And I think that you could literally like the things that Nyla Rose couldn't do, because I'm just going to be brutally honest. I thought Nyla Rose as the NX or the AEW women's champion was not good. Um, But if that was Jordan Grace in that spot, I, she would have pulled it off. Um, I'd say the same thing about someone like Nia Jax in the WWE, like someone who like, and I'm the reason I, I compare Jordan Grace to them is because she can pull these roles off. We have seen her go in there against women of all sizes and shapes and in talent levels and go in there and have great matches against all of them. Also, it doesn't matter what their ages are either. I mean, she wrestles older people, younger people. I mean, and the matches are always good. Um, whereas like Nyla Rose, you know, she goes in there and, like, the matches just aren't good. Nia Jax, the matches just aren't good. And she looks like she's out there hurting people, you know? Like, that's that's why I think someone like Jordan Grace is so uh, so valuable. And on top of that, she can wrestle men, like I've said. So, like, if you want to do some intergender wrestling on any of your shows, she can do it. I mean, so it's like, it's this gigantic win to have her on in your company for so many reasons. And she's beautiful. You know what I mean? Like physically, like she's a very attractive girl and she just presents something totally different than what most others do. I mean, so it's just, she's very unique in like all the best ways. Um, JG says, yeah, throw Perrazzo in too. Yeah. Like I said, hundred percent, Diana Perrazzo. I say the same exact things about Diana Perrazzo that I just said about Jordan Grace. They just wrestle kind of a different style, but I love how Gianna Perrazzo works body parts and usually the commentary is good about talking about that during her matches too. And she'll literally like, she'll work your arm the entire match and put you in a Fujiwara arm bar or like a rings of Saturn or something. And it's like, she gets people to tap out. She'll work your leg the whole match. And then when you least expect it, she grabs your leg and you start tapping out. I mean, it's like, the the psychology for Diana is really, really good. Like her ring psychology, I like a lot. Uh, throwback says, give me Jordan Grace versus EO. Yep, 100%. I am down. I mean, that would be an awesome match in NXT or, or Raw or Smack, wherever it wound up happening. Um, I think EO Shirai is very, very talented. I would say EO Shirai is probably, of all the women in WWE, I think EO Shirai, EO Shirai is probably my favorite. Um, 
I think her in-ring work is really good. I like her entrance, her presentation, the way she looks. I like everything. I think she's, and she's also unique. You know, she, she doesn't look like anyone else. That's, that's a big thing with pro wrestling is like, sometimes you see really damn good wrestlers, but they're just super generic looking. Like they just, you know, and sometimes it's not their fault, but it's just, you know, they just, they look like everyone else. And like, like what makes you different? What makes you stand out to where like, I don't want to change the TV screen or the TV channel, like when you're on the screen. And EO is someone who like her music hits, those strobes start hitting and she comes out onto the stage and it's like, she has your attention, you know? Um, Jay Jeezy says, I follow Jordan Grace on Instagram. Her lifts are impressive. She is strong AF. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like she's super strong. Um, Jay Jeezy says, uh, I think Nia Jax wrestles lazily. And when she does, she thinks she hurts people. Well, that's, that's kind of the thing with her, right? Is like, like, I don't, I don't have an issue with Nyla Rose because she's like a bigger woman. Like that's, you know, cause I feel like that's kind of like the thing that happens to people is like they criticize Nyla Rose and then like people will say like you're fat shaming or something like that. And like, that's not the case. The issue I have with Nyla Rose is like when I watch raw and she's got Dana Brooke up in the air and then she grabs her with like one arm and clearly has like lost control of like the situation and just throws her straight into the ground. And like her head ricochets off the mat. Like, when she punches Becky Becky Lynch straight in the nose and Becky's bleeding all over the place, like, those are the issues I have with Nyla Rose. You know what I mean? So I just want to throw that out there, too. Um, throwback says, hell, give me this dream match, Jordan Grace versus Beth Phoenix. I mean, that would be a damn good match, too, if Beth wants to wrestle again. And I know a lot of those women really look up to Beth Phoenix, so... Um, Jesse says she has a unique vibe. I'm guessing you mean Io Shirai. Um, and yeah, I, I totally agree. I think she's great. Totally different. Like I said, that's so, that's another reason. I know they're both Asian, but like with Nakamura, that was a big thing for me. When he was in New Japan, he was a guy, like I liked New Japan Pro Wrestling, but I started actually subscribing to New Japan World monthly because of Nakamura, because he was so different. Like he, the way he carried himself and like his movements and mannerisms and theme music. And then what the things he did in the ring were totally different. He was out there doing an MMA style, hitting a lot of, a lot of knees and punches and elbows and stuff. Wasn't doing a lot of wrestling moves. It was totally different. Um, JGZ says Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair are two stars with the look and athleticism. A thousand percent, a thousand percent. I thought it was a great idea to have the two of them as the final two in the women's battle royal or the women's royal rumble. Thought that was a really, really good move, um, and I think it it helped uh, build both of them up big time. I think Rhea Ripley either wrestles for the title anyways at WrestleMania. Um, on the I think we're gonna get um, I think we're gonna get Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. I think that's just a fire matchup, and then I think we get Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair running it back from last year's WrestleMania, and Rhea gets the win. But will the title be on the line or not? Like, I could see Charlotte beating Oscar for the title before WrestleMania, though, and them doing that. So that's just my guess. Um, Jesse confirmed she was talking about Io Shirai, so there you go. Um, JGZ says, I want to see Jordan Grace versus Bianca Belair. Yeah, I mean, I want to see Jordan Grace versus everybody. Like, I, dude, she's had good matches against Brian Cage before. You know what I mean? You know how impressive that is? Um, throwback says, here comes the fantasy booking. I know. And I, the thing is, I hate fantasy booking, but it is WrestleMania season. So it's time to definitely time to speculate. 
<clears throat> Moving on in the uh, Beach Break show, we had Hangman Page and Matt Hardy defeating Chaos Project. I mean, this match lasted four minutes long. It wasn't a whole lot of anything. Chaos Project got some offense in, though. I mean, so that's you know good for them. But uh, basically, the story here is Hangman hits the buckshot lariat, and then Matt Hardy tags himself in to get the pinfall. Uh, so he gets the win for the team without really doing anything. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just is what it is. There's not a lot to talk about here. I'm guessing maybe we get Hangman versus Matt Hardy at the next big AEW show, which I think would be a good match, and Hangman should definitely win that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is just kind of more of the beginning of a story between, you know, a feud between Matt Hardy and Hangman. And there, the interesting thing with Matt, with Matt Hardy is he has his hands, like, dipped into, like, a lot of different cookie jars right now. So there is still the possibility too, where like if Matt Hardy's feuding with Hangman Page, the Young Bucks could also still be involved with this story and that because Matt Hardy is involved there, but Matt Hardy's also involved with Private Party, so maybe there's something between Private Party and Hangman or something, and they're doing stuff over an Impact. So it's it's really interesting times for uh, for Matt Hardy especially, but I think obviously the big long term story with Hangman is. You know, I think he's the one who beats Kenny Omega for the title, like at the end of this year or like beginning of next year. So it'll be like a year from now. But I think that we're seeing Heyman. He's hit. He's kind of hit his rock bottom. Didn't join the Dark Order. Doesn't feel like he has any friends. Doesn't feel like he should be around people. And we slowly start seeing him build himself up, getting some little wins and then a little bit bigger wins, a little bit bigger wins. Then by the by the end of this year. After Kenny Omega has, you know, went out and collected belts and, you know, defended that AEW championship and is just white hot as a champion, that's when you make that title change. And that's the big moment for Hangman Page. And now you have built a legitimate, I mean, Hangman had a career outside of AEW, you know, Ring of Honor and stuff, but never on a big stage like this. And that that's how you build your own home homegrown talent. You know, because up to this point, we've had Jericho, all all good choices for champion, by the way. But we had Jericho, we had Moxley, and now we had now we have Omega. And Omega, you you look at that a little bit, but like he got really really big in New Japan. Like everybody in the wrestling world knew Kenny Omega, but Hangman is going to be their first, and then like their first like really true homegrown stars that we're seeing right now are like Darby Allen, Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara, like those kind of guys. Like so. I think Hangman will be kind of the catalyst to, like, when he wins the title, then we're going to see, like, Hangman versus, like, MJF, Hangman versus Jungle Boy, Hangman versus Sammy, and it's, like, that's going to be kind of the catalyst for, like, that next uh, crop, I think, of, of, of AEW title challengers that are more homegrown AEW guys. Just my just my personal kind of uh, thought thought process long term. Um, Throwback says, I tweeted this, and I want Steven and Jesse's thoughts. Uh, Diana is this generation's AJ Styles. She's going to different promotions and being their champion and adapting and evolving to the point where WWE says we effed up. Diana is amazing and they really dropped the ball. Well, yeah, I mean, I definitely agree that they dropped the ball with her because she was signed for a while and they didn't do anything with her. So, and she, I can't, I don't want to misspeak, but I think it was some situation where she was finally just like, "Can you release me?" Like, I think she asked for her release and they just did it. Her her contract may have just run out. I really can't remember, but it really seemed like 
especially when you see what Dion has done in Impact Wrestling. It's like, how did you, how did you think there was nothing here? I mean, Gianna Peraza versus Charlotte Flair is a main event all day. You know, I don't know. I mean, Gianna Peraza versus a lot of a lot of talent is is a main event. But like, just think of the possibilities with some of those like upper tier women that uh, that AEW sorry that WWE has, and then NXT has. You know, it just. I mean, Deanna versus Rhea Ripley would have been fire. Deanna versus uh, Bianca Belair. Bianca versus uh, Char- uh, Sasha Banks. I mean, there's... Man, they yeah, they really missed the boat on her. Big time. Um, JGZ, Jesse, everyone seems to agree. Yeah, they, they dropped the ball big time with, uh, with Deanna Perrazzo. Uh, she was part of the layoffs, I thought, says Jesse. That that may have been... That may be true. I, I really can't remember. So that's why I said, like, I don't want to, like... I don't want to misspeak, but I, regardless, she did, she wasn't, she wasn't valued enough for them to keep her around and like clearly she would have been a giant asset to the company. Uh, JGZ says, uh, JGZ says the same. So yeah, it's, it's, it looks like at least, you know, the consensus in the chat is that she was let uh, go during the layoffs, um, the COVID layoffs. So fair enough, but still, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like still, like how does she not make the cut, you know? After that, we had Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston, and this was a lumberjack match. It was good for the time it lasted. It went about seven minutes. Well, according to this, exactly seven minutes long. Um, I figured that Lance Archer would. Oh, and by the way, for my predictions, I did choose. Uh, I did pick Britt Baker correctly. I picked Hangman and Adam. Oh, sorry, Hangman and Matt Hardy correctly, and I picked Lance Archer cor- correctly here as well. I figured they'd have Lance get that win back from from Kingston from last week. Uh, so they're pretty much one and one. And as we saw after the main event, Lance Archer really seems to be getting involved in a lot of things also. Um, there's kind of the teasing there on being the elite of like Jake the Snake maybe being a part of Dark Order. And if he's a part, part of Dark Order, I would imagine Lance Archer would be also. Um, there's kind of the teasing of Lance Archer being kind of in the main event mix. He pretty much came out and saved John Moxley last night. Um, pretty much probably because of mutual respect that the two have for each other. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of really big plans, obviously, for Lance Archer, and they've done a really good job protecting him. I think his only losses that I can remember in AEW, at least singles matches, he lost to Cody in that TNT title final, and then he lost to Eddie Kingston last week. But it was because Kingston uh, used brass knuckles, or he had some sort of object when he hit the uh, the spitting back fist on on Archer to get the win. So they've done a great job of protecting and, and building up Lance Archer. Um, so it wasn't surprising to see him get this win here. What was surprising was seeing Jake the Snake get kind of physical on the outside. I thought that was interesting. He was out there knocking people over, um, you know, the lumberjacks and stuff. So, you know, that that was pretty... Uh, I didn't expect to see Jake the Snake getting physically involved. So, you know, there's that. Um, let's see what people thought about this before I move on to the main events. Um... JGZ says everybody dies. Yeah, that's uh, for Lance Archer. Kenta. Yeah, I'll talk about Kenta here in a second. Uh, I'll talk about this match first, and then I'll talk about Kenta. So, main event, we had Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers defeat Moxley and Death Triangle, the team of Pac and Ray Phoenix. This match went 15 and a half minutes. Thought it was a really good match. Uh, My prediction, I took Moxley, Pac, and Phoenix... Uh, mainly because I figured this could be a way to get somebody over on Omega without having to beat Omega or win the title from Omega. But maybe, you know, I thought that either Moxley or Pac 
would get the win for their team. Not necessarily that they'd pin Kenny Omega. I figured Carl Anderson would take the pinfall, if, if anybody. But I figured it would be like, okay, well, okay, now that Moxley got another win over them, like, he's back in line for a title shot. Or, you know, now that Pac got this win, he's, you know, they have the history between Pac and Omega already, and they could easily build that for the title because they've wrestled each other multiple times, but the title was never involved. And they have a, a great feud in history that's already built in. So I figured that's more of where it was heading. What we got was another win from the Bullet Club, which I'm totally fine with. Like, I have no issue with... I, I'm I'm fine with seeing Kenny Omega not losing at all until he loses the title. You know, I don't know if that's realistic or not, but I I don't know. I, I wouldn't have anyone... Bit, I, I just wouldn't have Omega losing at all. Very similar to Roman Reigns. I wouldn't have either of them losing for a long time. Make them outliers. Make them above everybody. Because I'd say it all the time. You need those people above everybody so that when you need to build new stars, you have someone there. Then it's like, okay, you got Kenny Omega way up here. Okay, Hangman Page beats him. Now Hangman's also right there. So now you got two of those guys. And then you have them kind of being the guys for me. Then all of a sudden, whoop, Darby Allen, whoop, he gets a big win over one of them. Now he's in that same mix with those guys. And now you have like a handful of like actual legitimate big stars versus just a pool of talent where everybody's just kind of at the same level. So um, I'm fine with seeing Omega getting these wins. I think Gallows and Anderson looked good in there. And it's a great, interesting story. And that story was uh, made even more interesting after the match. Um, so I'll talk about that here in a second with Kenta. Uh, Jesse says this match ruled. I agree. I thought it was awesome. JGZ agrees, says he loved this match. Um, he also says that Pac was another guy WWE screwed up with. Totally, 100%. I mean, if once again, if I remember correctly, my my memory is like getting all screwed up like lately just because I think I've hit a point finally where like I have overflowed my brain of mixed martial arts and pro wrestling things to the point where like my brain is starting to like push out certain things that I don't really care about so much and only keeping in the stuff that like matters the most with this. So like, so my memory is like, I, I feel like I'm running out of like storage space when it comes to some of this stuff. So I forget a lot of this now, but like when it comes to pack, if I remember correctly, he basically quit the company and like just stopped showing up because they had Enzo beating him. And you know, if I was him, I like, I get it. You know, like Enzo was winning with like dick kicks in the cruiserweight uh, for the cruiserweight title when they were doing everything they could to like build it as like this legitimate uh, brand 205 live with like this you know a legitimate cruiserweight champion then all of a sudden Enzo comes in with like really limited skills and then is like supposed to be beating Pac or Neville at the time uh, if, if, I, if I remember correctly I think that's why he went on the outs with the WWE was because he didn't want to lose to Enzo basically and and I understand if I'm Neville, that's a giant slap in the face for someone like me, I think. And uh, it's pretty incredible that they let all that happen, that the WWE let all that happen, because he's clearly one of the most talented guys in the entire world. When you look at a guy pound for pound, he's probably pound for pound speaking, given like his size, you know, his height and stuff. He's probably the strongest, fastest, most agile, most physically impressive guy of his size in wrestling. And WWE just, you know, wanted Enzo to beat him. Okay. <laughs> um, JGZ says, would you have Kenny beat Rich for the Impact title? Um, I, yeah, 
I mean, I'd be totally fine with it. I don't know if it's going to be Kenny and Rich or if it's going to be Kenny and Moose. Because I think, I think we get uh, Rich and Moose before we get Kenny wrestling for the Impact title. Just a, just a hunch. Um, they're doing Rich versus Tommy Dreamer for the belt soon. And I don't think there's a chance in hell that Tommy Dreamer wins that match. But Moose has guaranteed his shot already. So I think... Like I think that Moose will beat Rich Swan for the Impact title. Like that's that's my prediction. Now, personally speaking, I'd like to see Rich Swan hold on to the title, and I'd like to see Willie Mack beat him for the championship. That's what I would do personally. I'd like to see Willie Mack be that guy, and I'd love to see Willie Mack versus uh, Kenny Omega. I think that'd be absolutely incredible, and I think Rich Swan versus Kenny Omega would be incredible too. Uh, they're all good options. So uh, to answer your question though, JGZ, I think. Um, let me put it this way. I think Kenny Omega will wrestle for the Impact World Championship. I just don't know when. And I think he will win that belt whenever he wrestles for it. So I do think he will be the Impact World Champion and the AEW World Champion at the same time. But I don't know for sure who his opponent's going to be when that happens. Jesse says, I remember him breaking his leg mid-match with Jericho and Jericho calling a great audible. Oh, that's right. That did happen, didn't it? I gotta go back and rewatch that. Very interesting. I imagine that breaking your leg in the middle of a match and like finishing the match. That's gonna have some serious guts and pain tolerance to be able to do that. You see that happen in MMA every now and then where someone like breaks their hand or their leg or like some, or they tear an ACL or something like in the first round of a five round fight and then like just fight through it off of adrenaline. And then like they can't stand after that. It's like the adrenaline wears off and they're in a wheelchair. It's just like Adrenaline's a hell of a drug. Um, so as far as the uh, the end of this show, the big news, obviously. Oh, sorry. I Before we get to that, I skipped the, uh, the big wedding. Uh, I talked about it a little bit, though, at the top of the show. So the wedding sucked. We just move on from there. Uh, Miro's cringe. Don't really care too much for Kip Sabian. Uh, I think Penelope Ford is the most valuable of those three to that company by far uh, long term because I think Penelope Ford looks like a she looks like a star. Um, the Orange Cassidy thing was very predictable. Chuck Taylor turning was very predictable. It was just not. <laughs> this wasn't good. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Um, it's good. It's always good to see Orange Cassidy out there, but like, you know. I'm really hoping that Miro and Sabian get beat and then they just like disband that group because it just doesn't work for me at all. Um, like the only the only thing that I think Miro could do at this point to like salvage me caring about him would be, and this was brought up by Joel Pearl. He was on the show with me here on this channel yesterday. And he brought up this idea, and I think it's an awesome idea. I'd have Miro join Team Taz. That I that I think works. But right now, like I don't, I just don't care about Miro at all. Like I, I like I like Kip Sabian more than Miro, and I don't like Kip Sabian that much. Let's put it that way. Um, JG says uh, Penelope is a bigger star than both Kip and Miro right now. That's what I'm saying. I agree. Uh, Eric Clark says, how's it going, man? AW was a good show last night. I agree, Eric. I thought it was a really good show. You, you tuned in here, uh, 
during really the only negative I had on the show, which was the wedding. But I think the rest of the show was really, really good. Um, I actually just reviewed it. I'm about to talk about Kenna, though. Um, and if you want to hear my thoughts on the full show, feel free to, you know, rewind and, and go back. And uh, this goes for everybody towards the end of the show. Once again, Super Chats donations are super appreciated. Um, donation links are down below uh, in the description and Super Chats. It all helps me a ton. It helps Jesse out a ton. We still split the uh, the revenue from this stuff, uh, even when I'm on here solo. So that stuff really, really, really helps us out. Just want to throw that out there one more time uh, before I get into kind of my, th my closing thoughts here on AEW. But if you have anything else through Super Chats or donations, I will stay around and make sure to answer your questions or read your statements out. So the big news was Kenta popping up on AEW. Now, I talked about this a little bit at the beginning of the show. I I mean, the possibilities are so, so endless. I really think, I mean, obviously we're going to get Kenta and John Moxley one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I think eventually we're going to get Kenny Omega versus Ibushi. Uh, title versus title. Don't know when it'll happen. Uh, but I feel like this is the first step in, like, that's the biggest match that I think they can do, uh, is if they can put together Kenny Omega versus Kota Ibushi, title versus title, in, like, like towards the end of the year, or maybe, you know, six months from now, three months from now, something like that, build up Kenny Omega more and more as the champion, have him win the Impact title so he's collecting these belts, and have him go after... His golden lover, Kota Ibushi. Like, that's what I would do. I think that makes, it just, it makes too much sense not to do that. If you have the possibility of having these crossovers and these, these uh, this uh, working relationship with New Japan and AEW, that is the match. And I'd, I'd be surprised if anybody disagreed. You know, if you do, that's fine. But like, I, I feel like that's like such a no-brainer to eventually head there. Um, JGZ says yes. Yeah, I mean that's just. I I just feel like it's such a no brainer. Um, but in like the short term, I mean, geez, so many possibilities. Like, imagine, imagine if they got Will Ospreay on AW TV. I mean, that guy is gonna blow people's minds with the stuff he can do. Do like Will Ospreay versus Pac on AW or something like that, like. You know how insanely good that would be? Like, there is so much good stuff. Like, I mean, you could do... I mean, it's really just fantasy booking at this point if you have access to New Japan. Um, I think having access to Impact is incredible, and it's already been really, really awesome. But having that access to New Japan is a whole new level of possibilities. Because I haven't even started talking about guys like Tetsuya Naito. Um... You know, I doubt we ever see Shibata back in the ring, but like if he got involved as like a manager or like something, I'd just love to see Shibata pop up on AEW because I was such a huge fan of his. Um, and his career was taken from us so prematurely. Um, JGZ says, Mark got moments incoming. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, if Shinsuke Nakamura doesn't resign with WWE, if he's going to be gone sometime soon, or, or geez, Cesaro, like, there's so many. Oh my god, the possibilities are so good right now for all the things they can do with AEW. I mean, and the only thing we've seen WWE do in like recent years at all with any kind of co-promotion, well, the, the Cruiserweight Classic kind of, but that wasn't really co-promotion. That was a lot of like people being allowed to do that show, but not 
Um, but not, uh, what am I trying to say? Like there were people that did that show that were not under WWE contract. Let's put it that way. A lot of, a lot of people on the Cruiserweight Classic weren't under contract to WWE at the time. And wrestlers like, um, like Zack Sabre Jr. and Kota Ibushi, who I just mentioned, uh, both of them were offered WWE contracts and actually turned them down. Um, so that's why I think that's a big reason why we saw TJ TJP and Grand Metallic in the in the finals was because they were unable to lock down Abushi and ZSJ because I think the two of them would have been better choices personally speaking. Um, say what you all about TJP outside of the ring. I get it. I, I get uh, there's a lot of reasons to. He's very polarizing, but he is very good in the ring. I will say that. Um, so. We did get a super chat. Thank you so much. Let me see. Uh, it might have. It must have been a donation. Yes, it was a donation. Let me pull this up for y'all. I believe it was from Ahmed. Ahmed, thank you so much, brother. Send a ten dollar a ten dollar super chat. Ahmed's a huge supporter of the show. In here all the time. Thank you so much. Uh, says congratulations on the baby Jesse. AW needs to take it slow with people. Sorry, with bringing people from other promotions, stacked roster, and barely fitting anyone in TV episodes. Ahmed, once again, thank you so much for the ch- super chat. Um, I'm sure Jesse very much appreciates that. If she's still here in the chat, I'm sure she'll let you know. Um, but thank you so much, man. And uh, I agree with you, but what we have to keep in mind, Ahmed, is this won't all just be happening on AEW television. If this was all just happening on one show, then I would have the same concerns. But because they're going to be able to spread this out between AEW Dynamite impact wrestling and potentially you know however they wind up doing it with new japan i'm guessing you know new japan world um you know like i think there's i think there is space especially because i really think i talked about at the top of the show i really see ring of honor getting involved in this i really see that happening um i mean because then if you have that you have another you know, a lot of people don't watch Ring of Honor. Like, I'll just be brutally honest about that. Like, it, it has very little buzz about it right now. Outside of, like, some of the pure title stuff and, and stuff like that. But um, I feel like not a lot of people are watching their weekly shows. But it does give you that extra hour, too, where, like, maybe a couple AEW people that aren't getting so much time on AEW, maybe they, uh, maybe they have some matches on Ring of Honor TV and it drives a lot more people over to Ring of Honor's website to watch the shows and stuff like that. Um, and in return, Ring of Honor could send over, you know, Jay Lethal, Jonathan Gresham, Roosh, those kind of guys, PCO. I mean, just if, if Ring of Honor could send over a few of their big guys over to AEW, it winds up working out for everybody. That's the thing that's so incredible about the idea of cross promotion when everybody's on the same page, because like we don't see the UFC do it in MMA. This is a very, very, I think it's a really relatable example. You have, in mixed martial arts, you have the UFC, which is the big number one. It's the WWE of of MMA. And they don't cross-promote with anybody. Um, Even to the point when they had a chance to get Fyodor Emelianenko, who at the time was the best heavyweight fighter in the world, and they couldn't make anything happen because they didn't want to co-promote with his his brand, M1 Global. Which, to be fair, UFC, they didn't need to co-promote with M1. Like, they don't need M1. But... To get Fyodor when they had the chance, like that was a big miss on everybody's part, not being able to figure something out there. But you have companies like Bellator and Ryzen um, and one championship and stuff 
where like Bellator and Ryzen will have fights where like they'll do super shows basically where Ryzen fighters will fight Bellator fighters. And this is a very similar concept to what we're seeing now with AEW Impact, looks like New Japan and potentially Ring of Honor is, you know, you can look at it like, well, AEW is way bigger than Ring of Honor right now. Like what is, what does AEW have to gain by partnering with Ring of Honor? Um, you know, but that's, that's what they have to gain. Like who wouldn't want Jonathan Gresham on their show? You know, even for a couple nights, like having them go out there, have some awesome matches. Same kind of thing with the National Wrestling Alliance. I haven't even brought them up once because their their shows are on hold right now. But like the NWA is also a part of this. I mean, we've seen Thunder Rosa appearing regular. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Nick Aldis pop up. The only issue there is, you know, from what I hear, uh, Aldis doesn't want to lose to anybody. Like that's just, that's what I've heard. Uh, I don't know if it's true or not, but that's just kind of what I've heard is all this hasn't been involved with this stuff because he wants to be winning and, you know, he'd probably have to lose some matches. So, you know, it's it's that kind of stuff. But, like, NWA is involved in this, and we haven't even been talking about that, you know. If they get power going again, uh, their, their weekly show, then that's a whole nother, that's another hour once a week where an AEW guy could pop up on, on power. And, you know, like, it's just, it does ultimately help everybody. You know, AEW, I think, is giving everyone kind of the biggest rub, you know, because they are the, the biggest outside of WWE, in my opinion, right now. But I think that you there is still some serious value in having access to talent like Jordan Grace from Impact, like Jonathan Gresham from Ring of Honor, like Thunder Rosa from the, the National Wrestling Alliance, like Kenta from New Japan, you know, because they're, they're super talented performers out there. And AEW is willing to work with them. And in, in return, I think, and, and once again, how many people, like, I bet you there's so many people that watch AEW on a, on a regular basis that never watched NWA Power, but because they've watched Thunder Rosa out there killing it on AEW, if and when NWA returns uh, to their weekly show, I bet you that a lot more people are watching NWA because they're like, hell yeah, this is where Thunder Rosa wrestles every week? Like, I'm in. You could say the same about MLW. Like, I could see MLW getting involved. They're not quite as as big as these others, I would say. But MLW, they run their show. It it runs from 7 p.m. Eastern until 8 p.m. Eastern. And then at 8 p.m. Eastern, this is on Wednesdays, by the way. Then at 8 p.m. Eastern, Dynamite starts. If you started cross-promoting with MLW, and every now and then you had, like, a Hangman Page or a Jungle Boy or someone pop up on MLW which is the hour before Dynamite, way more people are like, they're watching MLW, they're pumped on MLW, they're paying attention to the product, and it's an extra hour where it's like, hell yeah, I can watch some good wrestling for this hour, and then I just flip it over to TNT for Dynamite for the next two hours, and then you might see Filthy Tom Lawler on Dynamite, you might see Kevin Kuhn, Dominic Garini, you might see Alex Hammerstone, you might see Jacob Bachu, who would be a humongous asset to any company, such good, so many incredible possibilities. Um, Ahmed with another super chat. I can't tell you how much this means, dude. Like this really means a lot, especially for me doing these shows solo. Um, thank you so much. And I will obviously make sure that Jesse gets her cut of, of all of this. So thank you so much, man. He sent another super chat, uh, says, but two hours and big guys not built very well. It's too late on Jake Hager. Lance is being saved. Thank God. 
Uh, the female wrestlers aren't getting over because of girls from outside either sign with them or build the females we have. Now, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Like, I, I totally do. But a, a few so th- a few things here. Um, with Jake Hager, I agree 100%. I, I think he, I just don't think he's, he's ever going to be any bigger than what he is right now. I'm a fan of his. I, I like that he competes in Bellator MMA. I respect the hell out of that. Um, I think he works pretty good as a heater, as like a bodyguard. But I think there's a reason. Now, WWE misses the boat on a lot of people, but I think they were right. I think they were on the money with guys like Jake Hager and, and Miro. I, I, you know, I think that they didn't get the, these giant pushes because I, I just, this is brutal, but I just don't think the talent was there. I just don't. Um, now, Lance Archer... I agree with you too. He's being saved and thank God because Lance Archer is a massive potential star. Uh, I think that Lance Archer checks every box you want in a wrestler. He has huge size. He's great in the ring. He can pick you up and throw you over the ropes or he can jump over the ropes and clear them. Uh, he has a good character. He, Jake the Snake is his manager. Makes all the sense in the world. He, His presentation, his look, everything. That guy, push him. Keep him at the top of the card, 100%. Now, when it comes to the female talent not being able to get over because of girls from the outside, I disagree. And the reason for that is because I think they're having a really hard time getting over right now as it is. And it isn't because of other women from the outside. It's because they're still slowly building their talent pool in AEW. And it's getting overshadowed by how incredible the men's matches have been. Um, Because, you know, if you're like... Like, let's say you have, like, a run-of-the-mill, maybe average or above-average women's match. But on that same show, it's, like, Omega and Hangman versus the Young Bucks. And, like, you know, Moxley versus Pac. Or like, what, you know what I mean? It's, like, the the talent, the, the majority of the talent. I'm not saying all, all of the talent. Like, I think Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, Sheeta. Like, they're, they're there. But the rest of the division, it's taking some time. And I think having the women from the outside come in, it, it it actually does the opposite of what you're saying, I think, Ahmed. I think it sparks that division. Because even if, let's say, Deanna Perrazzo comes over. she's a, I'll just use her as the example. Let's say Deanna Perrazzo comes over to AEW, and she's winning matches. Um, those matches are going to be really good. Like, her ma- like, if she wrestles Britt Baker, the match is going to be really good. If she wrestles Sheeta or Riho, the match is going to be really, really good. Um... And even if Deanna Prazo isn't signed to AEW, as long as they have a talent exchange going, that doesn't really matter because they still have access to using Deanna Perrazzo. Um, And with that, over time, more and more women on AEW get to work with the talents like Deanna Perrazzo, get to work with talents like Jordan Grace, Jazz. I haven't brought her up. I think Jazz would be a great asset to AEW with all the knowledge that she has and how much help she can give the women. Like... I think I think that, that I look at it more like that, where including them in is going to spark the division and it's going to help raise the uh, the talent and the whole division itself. And then maybe these talent agreements end and Deanna Perrazzo isn't a part of AEW anymore. But by her being there and helping out and getting and elevating others, then if she's gone, it isn't nearly as bad of a hit because now it's like. You know, maybe Chris Statlander is way better. Maybe, uh, 
maybe Chris Statlander. Did I say Chris Statlander? Maybe Chris Statlander's way better. Maybe Anna Jay's way better. You know, some of these women that we see a lot of potential in. Um, that's that's how that's how I think that that gets done. Once again, just personal opinion. Um, I want to catch up on. I, we just got another super chat. Thank you so much, Ahmed. Let me just make sure I see that I'm not missing anything uh, big here in the rest of the chat before I address that. Uh, looks like people like NWA Power, Jesse, definitely thankful for the super chats. And um, GGZ says big thighs equal watermelon crushers. Dude, I don't know if you've ever seen Ben Askren. Uh, he can do the he can do two watermelons in his arms. Like he like grips them like this and takes two watermelons and he can crush them in his arms. Pretty crazy. Um, Ahmed with another super chat, dude. I I really can't tell you how much this. I thank you, thank you so much. Um, Ahmed with another super chat says, I kind of agree, but Shanna, Penelope, Nyla, Brett is getting there. Chris is injured, but we seriously need to build our stars. So once again, though, like I don't, I don't think Nyla Rose is like a lost cause, but she, she needs to improve at a faster rate than everyone else we're talking about right now. Cause she's already been positioned as the champion She's, I, I didn't even mention Riho. When, you know, when Riho comes back, that's a big, that's a big help for the division too. Um, but Nyla, I, I have a little bit of a bias towards because they have already pushed her and treated her like she's supposed to be one of their top stars. And I just don't think her talent level is there. Now, granted, maybe if she got in there with Deanna Perrazzo, Jordan Grace, Jazz, um, Sue Young, uh, if they got Ty of Valkyrie, I, I'd imagine Ty of Valkyrie is probably heading to WWE. But uh, the point being, I think these women can help Nala. Um, Penelope, Penelope is a little bit different of a of a case because she's still fairly new to like ra- actually wrestling in the ring, um, and she doesn't have that many matches. So I think she's going to be much more of a slower, kind of almost like we saw with Trish Stratus, because like Trish Stratus, if y'all remember. She started as a manager uh, for Test and Albert, and she was managing for a while. And she was basically just like, uh, it was, she was basically on the show because of her looks. She wasn't a wrestler. She was on because she was she was eye candy. This was a different a different time in wrestling. But Penelope, I kind of feel the same about right now because she's used more as a manager, uh, more as like a. I think she helps Kip Sabian's presentation a lot. I think like if you saw Chris uh, Kip Sabian standing there by himself. It's not nearly as impressive as seeing him next to to Penelope Ford and seeing him like kissing Penelope Ford and stuff. I think it helps him a lot, and I think it's just going to be a slower progression because I think eventually Penelope Ford is going to be if she if Penelope Ford can wrestle even like above average, she's going to be a massive star because like her the look is already there. She's the kind of person where you see her on TV and like you're drawn to it. Um, and she can, she is athletic. She does some pretty athletic things. I just don't think it's as necessary that she gets to like the top as fast as someone like Nyla Rose. If, if that, if that makes sense, um, Chris Statlander being injured, that hurts a lot. Um, and she's super talented. I, I saw Chris Statlander for wrestle for quite a while on the Indies, um, more specifically in, um, in beyond wrestling. And I've seen her do a lot of intergender matches. I, her versus Orange Cassidy on the Indies. I would che- I would recommend y'all checking that out. Orange Cassidy and Chris Atlander had a really good match uh, in Beyond Wrestling before uh, it was probably right around the time AEW was starting. Um, 
So I think Statlander is very, very, um, very, very, very talented. But her match against Nyla Rose for the title I thought was bad. Brutally honest. And I'm not putting all that on Nyla. Like, it, it takes two to tango. I thought Statlander had a really big opportunity there. And I think they both kind of squandered it. Um, now, when Statlander comes back, she can very well get right back in that mix. I think she has the most potential of any of the AEW uh, women's talent right now. As far as with her look and her athletic ability and the things I've seen her do on the indies... I think that Chris Statlander is going to be a really, really big part of the future of the AEW women's division. Uh, but we're going to have to see how she bounces back from injury. And I'll also mention this. I have not liked, uh, I have not liked what she's been doing on, on being the elite. Um, once again, I don't know if that's her fault, but there's been a lot of misses late, lately on BTE um, with a lot of the, the gags and segments and jokes and stuff they've been doing. And Statlander is, uh, it's been pretty cringe, honestly. Uh, so... I'm pulling for her though, because I'm I, I when she was on the Indies, she was the one of all the women on the Indies. She was the one where I was most like, why isn't she signed somewhere? Or when she gets signed somewhere, she's going to be huge, and we haven't seen it yet. But I think we're going to. Um, Ahmed with another super chat, dude, killing it, man. This, ugh, killing it. Thank you. Uh, says. Okay, I will end with this, LOL. Dude, feel free. I mean, I love having this kind of conversation. Um, he says, I guess my point is, we don't have a Charlotte, Becky, Sasha, or Bailey because ours haven't been built right. I hope they don't screw Jade. I haven't even mentioned Jade Cargill. She, she has a ton of potential. Another one that you just look at and you, you are drawn to. You know, before you even see her wrestle, you're like, she looks like she kicks some ass. And then you hear her talk. I know she's kind of polarizing. Some people like her on the mic, some don't. But I really like what she's been doing personally. And I think her versus Brandy eventually will be really good because there's going to be a lot of like real heat there or, you know, heat uh, as far as on TV. But, um, and so you saying that you hope they don't screw Jade. I don't think they will because unless she's just really, really drops the ball in the ring, I, I think she's going to be okay. Because I don't think they'd be putting her in the spot with Shaq and Cody. And the only reason I think Red Velvet's getting that spot with Cody is because Brandy's pregnant. Now, I have my opinions on Brandy wrestling. I, I I think she's really bad in the ring. I don't think she's a great manager. You know, I, I've been brutally honest about my thoughts on Brandy. I think she's an incredible human being. And I hope nothing but the best for, for her and Cody and their their uh, soon-to-be child. And I mean, like, on a personal level, I love Brandy Rhodes. Uh, I just don't think she's good at wrestling, and I think pretty much everything she's been involved with has has flopped in AEW as far as on screen. Now the things behind the scenes, the the work she's done with like Culture City and these kind like those are all incredible things. Um, I think she helps out AEW tremendously in like the executive role she has. But you know, so this is a long way of saying I hope they don't screw Jade either because I think she has a lot of potential. Um, now. As far as the rest of your super chat, Ahmed, saying we don't have a, a Charlotte, Becky, Sasha, or Bailey, you're a thousand percent right about that. A thousand percent, we don't. Um, and all we can really do, I, I feel like, is look at it from this perspective. We don't have that. I, I, I you're that's a, a very, very good point. Uh, we don't have anybody on the female side that has the star power. 
of any of the four women you just mentioned. Not one of them. But I think they tried to do that with Riho. And then they pulled the plug early. And they tried to go with Nyla. And Nyla didn't work out. It just wasn't good. I think they're doing a good job with Sheeta. And I think they're trying to build Sheeta to be to the level of a Charlotte, a Becky, a Sasha, a Bailey. But once again, I just don't think it's going to happen in a It's going to be a while. Um, and that's why I think it's so important, once again, for their involvement with these other women from these other companies, because I think that brings in a lot more interest and it helps kind of like jumpstart or, uh, or speed up the process. But or, or Britt Baker. It's another another perfect example would be Britt Baker. I could see Britt Baker being on the level of a Charlotte, Becky, Sasha, Bailey. But it's just going to take a little bit of time. Um, now, if, if AEW somehow was able to sign one of those four, that would be humongous. Um, but, you know, I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen. I see all of them sticking around WWE. But uh, that is a good point, though. As much as as optimistic as I am about the women's division and where it's heading and where they are right now and the talent involved, they do not have a a, a, a mega star on the on the female side like a Sasha, Becky, Charlotte, or Bailey. You're totally right about that. Um, let's see if there's anything else in the chat before I get out of here. I'm I'm happy to hang out for you know a few more minutes. Um, I'm at 94 minutes on the stream. I do a six-minute countdown. So, yeah, I'll probably do about another 10 minutes here on stream. Uh, anything y'all want to talk about. Um, if you want to be like Ahmed and send a super chat or a donation, the link for the donations is in the description. I mean, if, we're, if I keep getting super chats and donations, I'll sit here for the rest of the night. Uh, but um, if y'all want to keep me around and, and get some more questions answered, some statements read out, and also keep in mind, I always upload the audio of these shows on my Fight Talk podcast feed. So when y'all are a part of the show on YouTube, you know, actually a lot more people actually listen to the audio afterwards because I've had that uh, that that uh, podcast feed for years now, and there's a lot of subscribers over there. So whereas sometimes you know a few hundred people see the live chat, like when they rewatch on YouTube and stuff, thousands of people listen to the audio. Um, so y'all, I still y'all's names get out there. I don't edit any of this out, so it's like. They hear the super chats, they hear your questions, they hear your statements. Um, even if you want to plug something, like you got a business uh, or anything like that, a small business, uh, uh, any kind of business at all, um, I'm happy to shill for you right now too. All the audio listeners will hear it. If you got a, a shout out for a friend or a family member or something, I will uh, I will absolutely do that for you. And just and That's something I've never brought up before that I don't know why I've never brought it up um, live, but... Um, everybody listens to the audio of this also afterwards. So um, it isn't just the people right now hearing these questions and comments. It's it's people who listen after the fact too. <clears throat> JGZ says, Jade has that look that screams megastar. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially, it's all going to depend on how she looks in that match with Shaq, Cody, and uh, in Velvet. It's a, it's a big spot to put her in very early on. But... I, I have faith in her. I, I don't think AEW would be giving her this opportunity if they weren't sure that she could she could uh, knock it out of the park. And obviously this will be positioned the way I see it. I think we probably get Jade and Velvet doing a little bit here and there. But I think the match is probably mostly Cody and Shaq. But they'll probably do it in a way 
where they'll you know they'll be they'll be clever about when to take direct take attention off of certain things so like I could see where like you know Cody and Shaq might do something they might do like one or two moves and kind of lay there for a minute and then like they pan to the outside where like Velvet and and uh Cargill are like beating the hell out of each other and then like when you get, when they move back into the ring like they're setting up the next thing because one thing that I don't think is going to happen I don't think Shaq's going to go out there and just be like bouncing all over the ropes and like hitting a whole bunch of stuff I think he'll do a few moves and he'll probably take a few bumps but that's I think a big reason why Jade and Velvet are in this match is is to kind of protect the limitations that Shaq is going to have and as long as they can do that it's going to be a, that that's a win uh, for the whole match so that's kind of how that's kind of my line of thinking with it I think that as long as Jade and and Velvet like just hit the big spots that they needed to hit, this is going to be a giant win. And I think a lot of people are going to be watching because, uh, you know, Shaq's as crazy as as it is that Shaq's been around as long as he has, he still is very relevant in the sports world because of all the work he does with like analyst work with the NBA and and all that stuff. So, um, I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on Shaq versus Cody. And I think Cody's a bigger star than people realize too. Um, is he like a? Is he like a? Uh, you know, like a John Cena or no? But I think way more people know who Cody Rhodes is than we even realize. Um, especially when he's doing the outside stuff, like with the Go Big Show and all that stuff. Like so, Cody and Shaq. I think as long as they, as long as they uh, protect where they need to protect. I think it's going to be really good. I have faith in it. And, and, and this same kind of thing, like I say the same thing about someone like AJ Styles, right? Like I think the reason that AJ Styles and Omis together is so great is because eventually when they turn on one another, oh, AJ is going to bump all over the place for Omis. He's going to make him look like a, like a trillion bucks. Same thing with Cody. Like when they need Shaq to look dominant, Cody is going to make Shaq look awesome. Oh, I'm in with another super chat, dude. Thank you so much, man. Like this is you are the MVP of this stream, man. Thank you so much. I think I sent you that Ahmed Johnson uh um what was it? An Ahmed Johnson Bendum? I think I sent you did I send you that? I feel like I sent you that. It had to have been you because your name's Ahmed. Uh, I hope you still have that. I love those Bendums. I'm glad I was able to send it off to uh to somebody who would appreciate it. And thank you so much for the support, man. Um Ahmed says, my father passed away three days ago. Oh, man. I hate hearing that. I'm so sorry, Ahmed. Uh, he says, I was left with some lessons with his departure, but one of them is to bring smiles on people's faces, and I hope I did that with you. All love and respect to you guys. Thanks, man. I hope that this helps a little bit with what you're going through. Um... You know, not to make it about myself, but you know, I lost my mom when I was 14. So, like, I know what it feels like to lose a parent. I can sympathize with that. Um, three days, man. That's fresh. I really, man, uh, especially in this time that you're dealing with, to be sending us your hard-earned money is, like, I almost feel bad that you've super chatted to now. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, thank you. And this is always a place that you can feel safe to hang out and talk about wrestling, man. You know, you've been coming in these streets. You're almost always in here, almost every time we go live. And your uh, your support means more than you understand. And pull out to pull out the curtain. I mean, times are tough, man. Like for everybody, 
a big reason why I've been going live every day this week is because I have a lot of bills coming up and like we're slow right now. You know, it just is. Um, so like this, this money that you've been sending, like it goes directly towards paying my bills and I can't tell you how much that like means to me because that's the most stressful part of my life is like making sure I have enough money to pay the bills. You know what I mean? The rest of it, I just like to hang out, kick it, enjoy my life, watch wrestling and fighting and stuff and, and talk about it. And uh, for anybody to send any amount of money to, to me and Jesse is like, I, I, I can't thank you enough. Um, man. Well, Ahmed, I mean, this show is dedicated to your dad. I mean, I wish I would have known at the top of the show, I would have said it earlier, but anybody who's listening right now, uh, you know, show Ahmed some love in the chat. If you're listening to this, uh, the audio version later on, uh, you know, just, just think of Ahmed. Uh, the, his last name in the, on YouTube is A-H-M-E-D-A-L-Y-A-F-A-I. Um and I think his picture is Cameron Grimes. I can't really tell. It's it's really little on my screen, but uh, but yeah, show Ahmed a little love and uh, yeah, man, thank you. Um, yeah, if there's anything else, I'm happy to answer any more questions, read any more statements. I'll hang out for a few more minutes um before we kind of wrap this up, but just kind of kind of chill for a minute. Thank you so much, man. Jordan Lasseter, what's up? What's up, Jordan? Another guy who a guy or girl. I don't wanna I don't wanna assume. I guess Jordan could be it could be either. Um let me know, Jordan. Are you a male, female, or are you um, you know, some an, another gender, you know, just let me know so I you know don't mess it up going forward. Um But thank you, Jordan, for joining the chat today. I'm starting to lose my voice a little bit between that all med super chat and all the talking I've done the last few days. Man. <clears throat> and uh do you want me to go live tomorrow i can do this tomorrow again if you want me to if you guys are having a good time hanging out i'd be happy to do this tomorrow i don't think i have once again work slow right now so uh sometime tomorrow afternoon i've been really like last second with deciding when i'm gonna go live and putting the links out and stuff so like the fact that y'all even see it and jump on in, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that too because it's not like I've been like promoting ahead of time when I'm going to be doing these or anything. Basically just a tweet like a half hour before when I realize like, hey, I'm free, let's jump on, you know, so. <clears throat> you still there, Jesse? If there's anything anything else, Jesse, you'd like to say uh, in the chat before we get out of here? <clears throat> Jesse says she's down. Uh, I'm down as well. Oh, is this people saying you're down to watch tomorrow? I hope that's what you're saying because that makes me feel pretty good. If y'all want to, if you want me to do this again tomorrow, that'd be that'd be fun. Um, what else? What's this weekend? Yeah, this weekend there's just the UFC show at night. Um, Super Bowl on Sunday, so I'll be busy Sunday. I'll probably do it tomorrow and Saturday if y'all want to, you know, kick it with me for a while. Um, yeah, man, we can just chat. Says Jordan. Okay, cool. Uh, JGZ says work is dead right now. I got the time. Hell yeah, good deal. I think Jordan. I, oh, he deleted the chat, but I think he said he's he like as in him. Um, I just want to be careful about 
I, you know what I mean? Especially in the days we're living in, I'm trying to be really respectful of like people's pronouns and stuff. You know what I mean? So that's why I ask. Um, Jesse says, yeah, I will watch, uh, depending on how much of a little diva, uh, oh, sorry, of a diva little bit decides to be. Gotcha. Um, do those pictures, uh, let me know, Jesse, if you want me to show some of those on stream, uh, like today or tomorrow, I can actually pull them up tomorrow. I can have them like ready to go on the, on the stream. But, uh, yeah, it's great. A little Savannah, a little Scarlet. And I didn't call her Charlotte, believe it or not. Uh, Scarlet and Savannah. Happy little family over there. Um, Jordan says, next week is a takeover, I think. No, it was a typo, LOL. Well, now I'm still, I'm still confused then, Jordan. <laughs> you haven't answered my question. Um, 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 next week is take, oh yeah, yeah that's right. There, yeah, there's an NXT takeover and there's also Impact's No Surrender in like a week also. Um, I'll, ha I'll be doing the No Surrender review and Fightful Select for the Weekender. Um... I don't know how the watch alongs are going to be going with impact because we've been doing, we've done the last two Tuesdays. I've told, uh, I've told everybody over there at Fightful, like I'm happy to do them every week. Uh, but this week might be a little strange. Jeremy Lambert, um, thoughts out with him right now. He's in the process of moving, uh, you know, states moving from state to state. Um, so things might be a little out of whack for a minute, but the more often I can go live and talk with y'all about wrestling. And I mean, we can do some live watch alongs too, if y'all want, like if y'all, I just want to get a better feel for what kind of content y'all want, especially, you know, obviously perfect scenario. It'd be me and Jesse doing what we always do, but with things with her being a little more predictable for obviously really, really good reasons. Um, there's other stuff we can do too. Like if you want me to pop on like a, like a classic wrestling show that I know YouTube will let us use. Like I can sit there, we can do a watch along of a, of a, you know, an old event or something or, um, if, if YouTube won't allow it, I have a Twitch channel too, where like I can jump on and maybe watch some old like TNA wrestling or ring of honor or something from IWTV or something like that. Would y'all be interested in like a watch along, just like kicking it for like an hour or two while we just kind of hang out and talk about, you know, whatever we're watching, maybe something like that. Um, on there with another super chat, man, thank you. He says, we say to God, we belong and to him. We will return. I see what happened is a mercy for what we went through, but thanks, man. So I'm not a very religious person myself, um, but I do very much respect what you're saying. Um, for, for what it's worth, I believe in a higher power. I don't, I don't, I, if, if I had to consider myself anything, I would consider myself to be Jewish because that's how I was raised. I was bar mitzvahed uh, when I was 13, but I'm not really big on organized religion at this point in my life but I very much believe in a higher power of some kind or maybe multiple higher powers. I feel like there has to be something out there bigger than us. Um, that's more kind of in control of what's going on than us. Um, and in that sense, when you say the word God, um, I agree. I, I, I'm with you. I think, I, I think that that's a very, very well said, Ahmed. Thank you. Um, Jesse just sent me a text message. Oh, jeez. I'll show this real quick. Just right up to the screen. There's a little Savannah. Little Savannah taking a nap. It's awesome. Uh, Jordan says, 
I was trying to ask Jesse how the baby was doing. I messed up and wrote he's and accidentally hit seven. There you go. Yeah. Little Savannah. Little Savannah is a girl. It's a she. Uh, speaking of uh, gender, as random as this was, I saw Tyler Rex, uh, who used to wrestle for the WWE. I saw Fightful. I think it was Jeremy Lambert, speaking of Jeremy. I think that he... Um, I think that he wrote an article earlier today about how Tyler Rex was transitioning from male to female, which came out of the complete blue as for me. I had no clue, um, but more power to, to her. To uh, I, I can't remember uh, what what name. I knew, I knew her as Tyler Rex when he was a him on WWE. Um, but, uh, but yeah, speaking of, speaking of gender and all that, like pretty random news today. Good for her. Um, and yeah, I love that message too, Ahmed. That was, that was beautiful. Um, JGZ says he saw the Tyler Rex thing also. Yeah, yeah, we kind of came out of nowhere, right? Now, granted, like, Tyler Rex hasn't really been, like, in the news or the wrestling world for a long time now. So, I mean, it would have been random no matter what was going on with Rex. Uh, but that especially, like, you know. And uh, this just kind of goes to show you, you never really know you know, who, sometimes you never really know who people really are, or, like, you never know someone's, like, true self, or, like, whatever, you know, like, it just, it's just a reminder of, like, just being, like, open-minded, and, and, like, courteous, and thoughtful about things, because, you know, you just never know who you're talking to, or, or what they're dealing with, or what they've gone through, like, Seeing Tyler Rex, the same kind of thing with like Caitlyn Jenner, right? Like when I was growing up, Bruce Jenner was like one of the most successful, most athletic males in like the Olympics. And who would have thought, you know? Um, and good for her for being herself and being who she is, you know? I, I think it's really respectable to, you know... Because you know there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a big percentage of people who really hate your your uh, your choice to come out about that kind of stuff, and I think it takes a lot of proverbial balls, you know, not necessarily, you know, but you know what I mean. It takes a lot of guts uh, uh, to come out and show people who you really are, especially when you know your your decision might be unpopular. Um, JG says uh, goes by Gabby now, according to the article. Oh, okay. So Rex's birth name was probably Gabe. I'm guessing. I could be. It could be a total. That's a total guess. I don't even want to assume that. But I think I read that. Is it Gabe and now Gabby? I think. Um. Ahmed uh, says, "Always a pleasure, Jess. Dude, pleasure having you here." Um. Jordan says, "Oh, I missed a couple from him." He says, "Oh yeah, the surgery didn't go well." So. I have no problem with transgender unless it doesn't look convincing. I'm not sure exactly what you mean by that. But, uh, and with the wife's blessing as well. Oh, right. Yeah. So like Tyler Rex was married, uh, to a female and I'm assuming that that's, I don't want to assume anything, but from what the article looked like, it looked like that, um, it looked like the, like the wife was on board with how all this was going. But then again, once again, I, I saw like one article. I read it pretty quickly. It was Fightful, so I checked it out. I try to check out, I try to support as much of, uh, over there at Fightful that I possibly can, given the uh, the opportunities they've given me with the Weekender over the last two years. And uh, 
and you know getting more and more involved because i'm we're talking now about me doing more with the twitch channel uh more on like the gaming side and uh you know the more i can get involved with fightful i i i'm super open to it the only reason i wasn't as open to it before was because i was with mma on point and there was kind of some a little bit of conflicting things there a little bit um but with with what with how things are now like I, I love those guys like Sean and Denise and Jeremy and Joel and DeFelice and Alex and all the, I mean, everyone over there is Taylor Hendricks, Molly. I mean, they got, they got a great staff of people over there. So support, support fightful.com. They are hardworking. I get to see a little bit more of the behind the scenes stuff a little bit because of like my role with them. And they put in a lot of work and a lot of time. Um, JGZ says he was Gabe Tough and now she's Gabby Tough. Okay, gotcha. Uh, wife is named Priscilla Tough. Uh, Jesse says Fightful Select. Yeah, FightfulSelect.com. That's where you can listen to the Fightful Weekender podcast where I talk independent wrestling. I give uh, recommended shows also. So if y'all like watching me here, but you still haven't taken the dive into like watching what's going on in the independent scene, I always give recommended shows on independentwrestling.tv. And speaking of, IWTV just signed a deal with Pluto TV, which is awesome. For those of you who don't know what Pluto TV is, and I shouldn't even give them this plug because I've been emailing with them for the last like two months about trying to get a sponsorship, and it is going nowhere, but I'm going to plug it anyways. It's a free app, and they have all these channels. Like, it isn't live television, but it's like, it's like a, it's like you have the TV guide again, and it, they have all these different channels. Like for me, I watch the Degrassi channel a lot because I liked that show when I was younger and I've been rewatching a lot of the Degrassi episodes. They have an Impact Wrestling channel where they show classic TNA stuff. They have a Glory Kickboxing channel. They have a AAA channel. They have different movie channels and stuff all on Pluto TV and it's free. All, all you have to deal with is ads, but it's the same as if you're watching TV dealing with commercials. But IWTV just signed a deal with them. Uh, they just created another new wrestling channel on there. Um, I can't remember what they're calling it, but they're showing a lot of independent wrestling now on Pluto TV. And a lot of the stuff from IWTV that I've been talking about for two years on the weekender is starting to show up on there. So I'm really, really happy about that. Um, Jordan Lassiter asks, did I see fight forever? <clears throat> Jordan, this is a perfect example of why I think you should check out Fightful Select. <clears throat> I did over an hour long review um, on Fightful. Now I'd say probably the, it's probably close to an hour or so. I talked some other wrestling companies on that show too, but for about an hour of the last Weekender show I did, I did a full review of all 18 shows from that 24 hour um, Fight Forever show that they did. So I have talked in, in detail about all of that already. And the cool thing with Fightful Select is it's five dollars and you get my show you get alex polowski sour graps and in my opinion alex polowski has the best podcast on the internet so like you know if anything it's not, you know i would say the five dollars is worth it just for his show but you get his show you get my show you get a bunch of exclusives uh sean ross sap is on there you do with extra podcasts him and jimmy van him and denise salcedo um him and uh, him always on there like a lot of the news that you read, like that gets aggregated on other websites, 
a lot of it is broken first from Fightful Select. Like there's so many times where I open my email and I just open messages that I get from Fightful Select and right there is like breaking news about something big. And then like later that day or like sometime during the week, that news will like blow up and it's like, oh, that's big news. I've known about that for a week. Really? You know, it's like that's Fightful Select is worth every single penny. And I think they just, uh, I should say we, because I'm, you know, I do my show there too. We broke uh, over a thousand people on Patreon earlier this month. So it's like people are interested, which I think is, is just absolutely incredible. And I take very little of that credit, but um, you know, I am proud of the show that I do over there. I, I put a lot of, I put a lot of pride on that show in being somebody who you can listen to and discover new talent. Cause a lot of what I do on that show is based around like people that I like watching on the indies and then basically having people keeping their eyes on them because I really feel like the people I'm talking about and really heavily spotlighting are the people you'll be seeing on AEW, NXT, New Japan, Impact, etc. So I, I do my best about keeping uh, you know tabs on, on that world as closely as I can. Uh, Jesse says I watched most of Fight Forever because I was in early labor for the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because that was on Friday night. and It went from Friday at 8 until Saturday at 8 p.m. And Jesse gave birth, what, around 8 p.m. on Sunday during the Royal Rumble, which is the most on-brand thing ever. Jesse having your kid during a WWE pay-per-view. I wish it would have happened during beach break, but, I mean, if it's going to have to be a pay-per-view, I mean, WWE, it's all right. Um, Jordan Lasseter says... It was the first time I watched GCW and I was laughing at the low production value and I loved it. So that is one thing about the indies that you do have to kind of overlook on some of these shows, especially when it's a show like Fight Forever, where they were like trying to deal with technical issues and audio issues and stuff for and, and trying to be live for an entire day straight. So I cut them some slack. Um, but that is something you you well have to get used to. A lot of the time, and it's a big pet peeve of mine, but I, I've just accepted it. A lot of time when you're watching indies, um, like they'll be cutting a promo in the ring and either, either the mic doesn't work correctly or the audio or it's echoing off of the building. There's, I'd say more often than not, there are audio issues with a lot of the indie shows that I watch. Um, now on commentary, you don't hear that so much because of the way they have that set up. Like the commentary usually comes across clear, but the in-ring like promos and stuff like that sometimes can be a little a little iffy. Um, not Effie, but he's a wrestler too. I'm sure you might have, you might have seen Effie wrestle um, over the uh, Fight Forever weekend. He did. Uh, I don't remember what he called it. Some some big gay show. I don't, I, don't remember, I don't remember what he called this one. It was Big Gay Brunch during the Collective Weekend. I can't remember what this one was called. Um, um, Jordan says, no, I'm not saying it was embarrassing, but it was fresh change of pace. Sure. Yeah. And I'm not saying necessarily it's like embarrassing either, but it is, it's one of these things like when I, when I first got like really into like, so I've always liked ring of honor. I started watching that around the time I started watching TNA um, and a big reason for that was like back when I discovered guys like Amazing Red, Trent Acid, R.I.P., um, you know, AJ Styles, of course, and those kind of guys, Paul London, Brian Kendrick, a lot of them were wrestling in TNA and uh, Ring of Honor, Loki, Brian Danielson, Homicide, all those kind of guys. And 
so I got in on Ring of Honor really early, and I, I watched uh, TNA from the first show. I found out it was happening. I found a way of watching it, and I was I watched TNA from day one, uh, Asylum Years, when it was weekly pay per views, and um, the point being, that's what I thought the Indies was for a long time was like Ring of Honor and things on that level, and when I started, I'd say probably five or so years ago, I started getting really into like what I would call like the lower level of the indies. Um, like the indie promotions that feed into companies like Ring of Honor, feed into companies like Impact Wrestling, uh, but not nearly as big as something like WWE, you know, if that makes sense. And that was something where like it was eye-opening for me because I was like, man, this seems way different than what I'm watching on TV because the production value isn't there. Um, sometimes they don't even have entrance ramps or, or anything. People just walk out to the ring from like the crowd basically, you know? Um, but then you start really realizing like, wow, I'm start, I'm seeing the, I'm seeing the early, the early days of some potential stars right now. Like, I'd say one of the first ones from like that level that is really making it right now, and this would be a good example for those of you who watch 205 Live or NXT, would be Kurt Stallion. Kurt Stallion is one of those guys, when I started getting really, really into it, and when I started interviewing independent wrestlers and started going to more independent shows in person, Kurt Stallion was pretty much like the biggest... Now, now there were like the Young Bucks and Cody and, and uh, Hangman and those kind of guys, but they, they had a lot more exposure. We're talking kind of like unknowns. And Kurt Stallion was like the top guy in, as far as I was concerned, in like Chattanooga, Nashville, those kind of, the areas that I was watching wrestling live. And he's now, you know, last night he wrestled for the Cruiserweight title on NXT, lost to Santos Escobar. It was a good match. And like, that's just, a, that's just an example. Um, Marco Stunt is a perfect example. I saw some of Marco Stunt's first matches probably. Um, and I went from thinking that Marco Stunt was a complete joke the first time I saw him to gaining a ton of respect for him because he kept coming back to the shows I was watching, kept having better and better matches, got over as hell where he wrestled, and next thing you know, he's on AEW in front of millions of people. You know what I mean? Um, Eddie Kingston was around forever. I was watching the independent show. He wrestled a... I consider him a friend. He's a guy who keeps he's very close to the vest, a very small circle, but he's a guy I consider a friend, uh, Brett Eisen, out of the Nashville area. He wrestled Eddie Kingston on the show that after the match, Eddie got that microphone and called out Cody. And the next thing you know, Eddie Kingston's on AEW. Now, Eddie Kingston wasn't so much of a secret because he'd been around forever. But the point is, that's what I like so much about the indies, is like getting to watch these guys and girls and you know anyone of any gender, they... Just busting their ass and knowing that at the start, like the the hot dog and a handshake thing is is a real thing. Like there are people that get their starts and they're losing money by going to these shows and wrestling. They're paying more money in gas prices and having to eat and stuff than what they're making on the show. Like I'm, this is not a, not an exaggeration because to pull the curtain back a little bit, a lot of the time when you get paid in independent wrestling, they give you an envelope with your name on it. You know, at the end of the show, you just get an envelope with your name on it, with your payout. And it is not uncommon to open that envelope and there's like literally $2 bills in there. 
or there's literally like I've heard of I don't want to like throw anyone under the bus but I know a wrestler who once got paid in like a handful of change like it was just like they like the the promoter had clearly just like scooped the change out of the the center console of their vehicle and handed it to this wrestler that I know and it's like that was their payout for the day but it probably cost them thirty dollars to fifty dollars in gas to get to the show they probably had to eat you know a a five to ten dollar amount of food while they were in town you know what i'm saying it's like so you're losing money to get your name out there and uh and to make it in the business that you love and to watch people go through that and then wind up signing like multi-million dollar deals or you know deals that are worth hundreds and thousands of dollars it's it's such a good feeling to be able to support those people. If I were to go into my bedroom right now and start pulling out shirts of people that I have, like of all these independent wrestlers that I've tried to support over the years that are now on television, you know, all these wrestlers that are just like their first t-shirts and shit, you know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a good feeling to see them succeed. And that's once again, why I like the Indies so much and why I pride, my, why I pride myself so much on, on doing the Weekender because I feel like I'm helping... I'm helping drive more people to these talents before they make it big, you know? Um, Jordan Lasseter says, Brian Alvarez has a hard-on for that guy. For which guy? I know, for, well, he's had a match with Marco on the Indies. I don't know if you're talking about Marco. Um, I know that um, he's talked about Stallion a little bit recently, but it's more based on, like, how they've misused Stallion, I think. But to be fair, I haven't been listening to full episodes lately of uh, of Alvarez. I love him and I love his show and Semper Vivi and Vince and like everyone over there. Meltzer, like they're the best in the world of what they do. Um, but I just haven't had the time lately. So I've been watching some of like their YouTube clips and stuff. So I might be getting a very small percentage of like their overall thoughts. You know what I mean? Uh, Kurt. Now, do you mean he has a hard-on in a good way or a bad way? Like, he really likes Kurt Stallion or he doesn't like the way that they've been using Kurt Stallion? And are you still there, Jesse? It's just a Jesse double-check time. I've stayed on longer than I expected to, but screw it, man. Why not? My my voice is going either way at this point. I just try not to have too much dead air because I know when I convert this to the audio version... I don't have to go through and edit the blank the 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 blank space. That's why I'm like talking so much, even when I'm just like waiting on responses. <clears throat> uh, Jordan says, "Oh, I thought he kept saying his name because of how much he." The heart. I'm confused by what you're saying, Jordan. I'm not. I'm not necessarily disagreeing. I just don't. I just don't understand quite what you're trying to say. Whoo. Man, I am getting spent over here. How much is Ahmed super chat today? I just want to put, I just want to see what this number is. 10, 20, 30, 40. He donated $50 today to this chat. That is unreal. That is unreal. Thank you, Ahmed. If you're still here or if you're listening afterwards, that is insane. In in the most uh, appreciated way possible. <clears throat> let me uh let me move actually i'm gonna just do this real quick so that you can't see my screen um just one second here 
I'm gonna pull up the sponsors for the show real quick so I can talk about those before I uh, before I get off of here. And I'll, I'm still gonna answer if there's any more super chats or donations or even anything in the chat at all at this point. Like I'd be happy to uh, to you know address that stuff before I actually stop going live. Let's see here. Just trying to pull up some uh, some of the sponsors and stuff. Well, actually put up my brother's Instagram while I'm just kind of kicking it here for a couple minutes before I talk about the sponsors. So maybe maybe a few more of y'all uh, give him a follow here. I'll just I'll just leave that there. <clears throat> Jesse says, uh, "Can I check time?" Sorry, Scarlett fell off her bike. Uh, and I got a phone call. It wasn't live. My bad. I don't know what you're talking about, Jesse. <laughs> um, can you check time? I'm not sure what that means. But uh, but yeah, anybody who's still in here, while I'm waiting on Jesse to clarify whatever she's talking about, um, and I hope the phone call wasn't bad. Like I hope you didn't get a bad phone call. And I feel bad the Scarlet fell off of her bike. I did that a lot when I was a kid. <laughs> I have really bad balance. Like I was okay at, at, I was pretty good at riding a bike, but I am awful when it comes to like trying to skateboard or like walk any kind of like balance, anything. My, my balance is really bad. Like I was saying at the, I, like towards the middle of the show, um, like talking religion. I think that's a real thing. I, I think that if you're born Jewish, it just automatically mo means like you're balanced and like, then like you can't dance. Like my dancing is like real bad, like real embarrassing. Um, I think that's just like a product of being born Jewish. I've always, I've always felt that Jews, Jews just can't dance. I just, I just accepted it, but I can ride a bike. All right. <laughs> but my balance is terrible. Um, Jesse says LMAO. I don't know. I thought you said time check. Oh no, no, no. I, uh, I was just I was just seeing if you were still in the chat. That that was it. I was just checking to see if you were still in there. Um, she says I was inside with a baby. She walks in with a bloody nose. Ah, oh. yeah, you got you got your hands full over there. Um, all right, y'all. So I'm gonna talk about our sponsors a little bit, and I'm gonna get on out of here. Thank you so much for joining me. I've been going live for over two hours today on my own, relying heavily on y'all's on y'all's chats uh, to keep the conversation going. And I can't thank y'all enough, especially Ahmed, uh, who I don't think is still in here, but uh, the, the guy gave us 50 bucks today and that'll get split between myself and Jesse. So it helps me out a ton. It helps her out a ton. So thank you so much. If anybody else has any last minute super chats or donations, you can send them. Uh, super chats work right through uh, through YouTube in the donation link. There's two of them in the description below. Um, we have the one that links directly to Jesse's uh, like Streamlabs here. And then I put, I added an extra one that gets me directly in case that link doesn't work for some reason. It'll still pop up on my PayPal and I'll still be able to uh, to see that and then you know answer your question or, or read whatever you'd like me to. Um, Jordan says, yeah, I'm a full-blown Jew. My mom's birth name is oh <laughs> you're Cohen yeah that's a very Jewish name um that's too funny yeah I think it's a consensus Jews just can't dance and it's okay for me to say that because I you know because I'm Jewish I can 
I was born Jewish. I still consider myself to be Jewish, but I don't like attend. I haven't attended synagogue in like 15 years, but I, you know, when, when the holidays are around, I get out my menorah and, you know, do my best to try to like, there's, there's some really good, uh, my brother, who's a boxing trainer, who I'll talk about here in a second. You can see him on the screen. One of his clients is a, he's Jewish and he's a chef slash baker. So we hit him up and he'll make us like this really good, um, he makes really good homentoshins, which for those of you who don't know, they're basically like little triangle cookies with like a jelly on the inside. And he makes really good challah, which is, uh, which is a type of bread that I think is really good. Um, <laughs> makes all that kind of stuff, matzo balls and, and all that stuff. So luckily I have like a Jewish baker friend of a friend, uh, here in Atlanta so I, cause I love Jewish foods. Like I love latkes and stuff. So, um, so yeah, that's a little bit pulling back the curtain about me. I don't talk about that too often, but, uh, I respect everybody, you know, regardless of what your religious beliefs are. Like I, I'm just very much under the, under the belief myself that like, I don't know the answers. So either could you. And so because of that, like, how could I ever be mad or upset or or like think someone's wrong when like, like, I don't know if I'm right about how I think about things. Like I have to be open-minded about that. Um, and as long as you're not pushing it on anybody else, I feel like you can believe whatever you want to believe. I, I, whatever helps you live a better life is what I'm for. Um, that goes for religion. That goes for drugs. That goes for everything. Like whatever makes your life better, as long as you're not really harming other people in the process, I'm all for, I'm very liberal about that kind of stuff. Uh, Jesse says, I love your hard work, Steven. Appreciate you. I appreciate it too, Jesse. I wouldn't be able to do it without this YouTube channel. You know, if we hadn't, I mean, you built the channel and then when I jumped on, we helped, you know, I helped grow it because we did, a, we do a show together and, uh, with the regular uploads and stuff. But at the end of the day, if you wouldn't have this channel ready to go when we started this already monetized and already, you know, ready for this, like I'd be sitting there probably either not doing anything right now or I'd be on like my chip, my Twitch channel with like hardly any viewers and all that. So it's like, obviously I appreciate you a lot, Jesse. And you don't need me to tell you that, you know that, but you know, people, for anyone who might not realize like me and Jesse, you're, you know, we never met in person, but we stay in touch like really closely, um, like outside of the podcast. So it's, she is someone I consider to be like a really good friend of mine, even though we've never met in person. So um, Jordan said, me neither. When I got bar mitzvahed, I only went to synagogue for my classmates, bar, mitzvah, bar and bat mitzvahs. Same. Now, for me, part of it was, oh, a big part of it <coughs> was my mo my mother passed away uh, when I was 14. So I had been bar mitzvahed. And then uh, my dad is pretty non-religious. And there were some things that had happened with my synagogue, like the cantor, who... For those of you who don't know, the cantor is like the guy who leads the songs and the prayers on the stage um, during synagogue or temple, whatever you want to call it. And the can the cantor for our synagogue, it turned out that he'd been stealing thousands of dollars from the synagogue, like from the people. Um, so that kind of soured our family on that. And then also there was some scandal with the rabbi uh, cheating on his wife. So it's one of those things like that kind of stuff isn't like it isn't like only Catholics deal with that or only Christians or only this or that. Like everyone of every religion deals with some sort of corruption at some level. Like our our rabbi was cheating on his wife and people found out about it. And we were really close to that rabbi. 
And it was one of those things where like between the cantor and the rabbi not being the people we thought they were, uh, we stopped going to synagogue and I just never got back into it. Uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate because my mother was so, Judaism was so important to my mother. And that's the reason why, even though I don't, I, I don't attend and I don't consider myself to be religious. That's why I still uphold some of those traditions. It's in her, it's in her memory. Like the reason that I light candles on the menorah for Hanukkah and the reason that, you know, I eat Jewish food still. And so it's like, it's, you know, it's for her, you know? So the sponsors of the show we have starting off. Oh, once again, donations, super chats. I know I've said that a lot and I appreciate y'all for not like, <laughs> not ki killing me in the chat because I bring it up so often, but I know people kind of trickle in and out of the show and they might not hear me say it. That's why I bring it up. But after I talk about the sponsors, if there are any super chats or donations that I missed while I'm reading this stuff out, I will make sure to address them before I get offline. So first sponsor we have my brother, Brian Jensen. This is his Instagram. Uh, it is boxing ATL B O X I N G ATL. He is a owner of Steel Boxing and Athletics, which is a gym out of the Atlanta, Georgia area. He works with nonprofit Parkinson's foundations. He works with amateur level boxers, pro level boxers, kickboxers, anything you can think of. If you're looking how to, if you want to know how to throw hands, get in better shape, learn self defense. If you want to be an amateur or pro boxer or kickboxer, or you want to get into MMA, if you need somebody just to take a different look, you know, maybe you're already an established fighter that's been around the same coaches and team for a long time. You just need somebody with an outside perspective to take a look and maybe give you a little advice. He's your guy. And on top of that, doesn't matter what your age is, doesn't matter what your gender, your sex, your color, your background, anything is. He can help you reach your goals. It doesn't matter. He will help everybody exactly the same. And that goes all the way until into the elderly. I mean, a lot of my brother's clients are Parkinson's found or Parkinson's members. Um, now he does a lot of nonprofit work, but you know anything on the side where he's working, you know, one on one with you. A lot of these people, he is one hundred percent certified in like dexterity work, little little things where you know just moving your fingers around in certain motions, certain stretches, certain things you can do, throwing tennis balls against the wall. This is one of my favorite videos on the internet, and I wish I could show it to you. Um, but I do not currently have my own Instagram account, so it won't let me open the video. But this is a video of Parkinson's, people with like legitimate, like serious issue with Parkinson's that are now at the point where they are throwing tennis balls against the wall, clapping behind their back and then catching the ball and then throwing it back, clapping behind their back, catching the ball. And it's like, some of these people have like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like it's one of these things where it makes me feel so good that he's doing these things. And he can help anybody of any age with this stuff. So so check it out. The best way to get in touch with him is to hit him up on Instagram at BoxingATL, B-O-X-I-N-G-A-T-L. Just tell him that me and Jesse sent you his way. I promise you get a good deal. Also, shout out to Music City Toys and Collectibles. Best place to get action figures, DVDs, autographs, all that good stuff. They're opening a brick and mortar store in Nashville, opening on May 1st. So amazing. They were able to open a physical location during a pandemic huge props to them chad and the people over there are really great people they're super easy to deal with they will give you fair business they do claim sales and auctions and and they give shout outs to their members and stuff they're just great people they'll give you fair business they can't say enough good things make sure to check out music city toys and collectibles just search for them on all social media 
and WrestleRumble.com, the place to be for all fantasy pick'em contests for uh, professional wrestling. Uh, the website, once again, WrestleRumble.com. The prize for the Royal Rumble <coughs> pick'em contest, which obviously has ended, uh, somebody won $1,000 cash. Someone else won a NWO spray-painted WCW world title, and somebody else won a white-strapped WWF Winged Eagle Championship belt. All for knowing about the Royal Rumble and making their picks. The entries are obviously closed right now, and they also did um, a raffle for more championship belts, where you just had to throw in a dollar and you had a shot at you know belts that were worth you know three, four hundred bucks. Uh, so the prizes are insane. You can win a ton of cash, a ton of awesome stuff over there at WrestleRumble.com. Once again, that is WrestleRumble.com. Make sure to follow them on social media to stay up to date with all their contests at WrestleRumble. So that's going to do it for me. Uh, my Twitter, of course, is FightTalk underscore F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. Uh, Jordan, you may already be gone by now, but thank you for joining the chat. I saw that he said, uh, that's amazing, but I'm going to get going. See you, Steven. See you, Jesse. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you to everybody who joined the show today. I'm running low on breath, and my throat's killing me, so I'm not going to take too much longer. Follow me on Twitter, FightTalk underscore. I talked a lot about the Fightful Select Weekender podcast today. Check that out at FightfulSelect.com. All things MMA, uh, I should have another video going up. I mean, it already might be up by the time that I say this or that you hear this, but support all things MMA on YouTube. I edit videos over there. And uh, yeah, I'll be back tomorrow, uh, probably around the same time, maybe a little earlier, sometime in the afternoon. Uh, Don't know what we'll talk about yet, but we'll talk maybe AEW, WWE, Indies, maybe a little watch along or something. I don't know. I'll be back tomorrow. We'll kick it with y'all. And uh, thank you once again to Ahmed for the $50 in Super Chats, as well as I want to give him uh, one more shout out uh, to his father passed away three days ago and he was kind enough to uh, to still support us the way that he did, um, which just means the world. And, uh, you know, thinking about your father, Ahmed, you know, it's I hate that you have to deal with that. But, you know, me and Jesse will be right here if if you want to you know take your mind off of it and come in and talk some wrestling and, and whatever. Just hang out. You're always welcome. And that goes for everybody else.